There once was a podcast named Touchig. Probably better named Smutjig. Reggie talks filth, and Rooney's a dilf, and this episode starts with a butt dig. Your ass is so big, it has its own MP. <laughs> I'm not sure what part is worse, the fact you called yourself a dilf, or oh, you made a joke about ass size. <laughs> They came to me. Yeah, so I'm saying earlier before we started, guys, that um, despite going to bed at 3 a.m. Uh, this morning, my body decided to wake me up at quarter past eight. Um, and that that intro there came to me at half past eight this morning in a sleep-deprived state. So, yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> I don't know why a limerick seemed like a good idea, but it did. I don't know. I quite like it. It's, it was quite to the point and just like hi. <laughs> and we've not done that before. No. So there we go. <laughs> oh, we've got lots of. We haven't done this before this week. Oh, oh my. Yeah. Okay. See, we don't plan this, guys. He literally, I literally have no idea <laughs> what he's bringing in. Spend a shitload of time on a Friday night scribbling down notes and don't tell anybody what we're doing until. Yeah. So, yeah. so he he likes he likes the, the 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 trivia bit because he gets to learn interesting new things. Yeah. I hate this bit because I have no idea what he's going to spring on me. <laughs> I was wondering about this actually when I listened back to last week's episode. It's like, what was Ash expecting when he turned up? I don't know, probably because some degree of professionalism that he didn't get. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like, he, there's there's no way on earth he, he, he even predicted there was going to be a quiz or we were going to talk about orgies or we were going to try and make him uncomfortable and cross the line. I mean, he's been, he's a, he's been a long-term listener, so I he know. probably had a fair idea of... <laughs> but you don't know, and you've been a long-time host, so how can anybody else know except I mean, me? You could be coming in with something about the dog man, about sexual injuries, about literally anything. Oh, you've got a pen, I'm going to write down, dog man, sexual injuries. I mean, you've done the sexual injuries one, you haven't done the dog man one no. yet. I'm just throwing ideas out there. Cool. <laughs> I don't know much about the dog man, so it'll be a learning experience okay. for me. Okay, I don't know anything about the dog man, so I'll have to do some research, but... <laughs> I wrote, I did like two hours of research and wrote about 19 pages of notes for today. But before we get into that, I've been caught ordered to do something. So Wednesday night, the fucking feds turned up at my house, <coughs> took all the girls, all the fucking cages, and gave me a good fucking slap around the wrist. And uh, yeah, I got a letter in the post yesterday. I got to read this out just. Uh... <laughs> Otherwise, the police said they'll find someone can charge me for it. So. <clears throat> I, Reggie Solo, do not believe it is big or clever to keep scantily clad young but legal girls in cages 23 hours a day, 7 days a week in my bedroom. While all the girls were there of their own volition and willingly stripped down to their lingerie and climbed into their cages, I, as master, should have taken their long-term health and safety into account. I should not have fought only with my genitals. I should have engaged my brain a bit more often. I'd also need to look into some new gimp masks, sourcing some new gimp masks, ball gags, and choking apparatus that make breathing easier. <laughs> Going forward, I will not refer to women as any of the following, regardless of how wet it makes them. Slut, fuck doll, cum dump, filthy little whore, mummy, or darling. I will endeavour to show all women proper respect going forward. I, and the UK justice system, do not want to piss on people's parade or kink shame in any way. We would like to ask you all to be safe. Fill your boots, enjoy your kinks, but remember, if it's not safe, stop. Right, that's going to stop me getting banged up in a cell tonight. Done. <laughs>
Mate, there were tears. Some, some, <laughs> t- two of the potties were in tears as they were dragging them out of the house because they enjoyed, they enjoyed it so much. Then just... <laughs> yeah, my mum come home. There's like fucking police everywhere. She don't know what's going on. Yeah. Wednesday night was not a good night to be. <laughs> and I had to go back into work on Thursday and not tell anybody about it because no one knows. <laughs> well, I. I don't know quite what to say to that. I mean, at least you avoided any kind of uh, custodial sentence. <laughs> well, I didn't actually do anything wrong because they were all there on their, of their own accord. They all wanted to be there and they wanted to get treated like... Parrots. The things I was calling them last week. <laughs> that I'm refusing to call them Birds anymore. of paradise. But, um, yeah, apparently the police said, like, a bed, a giant wardrobe, a giant chest of drawers, six cages, a dog, a 16-inch TV, and me... And six women, all in one medium-sized suburban bedroom, was just not. It was. It was not above. Board. I mean, yeah, you complain about this room being warm. That mm. must have been. Um, yeah. Deeply, deeply unpleasant. It wasn't necessarily the heat. It was the smell. Because I didn't. Cause, all those buckets. Yeah, what I should have really let them do was wash after every like every time they squirted on each other. But I did. such didn't. I didn't think of that. Is I this showered, a, but they didn't. Is this the real reason that we started? Had, we had to start recording in person because like. Otherwise, yeah, I'd have know. seen yeah. on the on the video. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This makes sense. Yeah. I didn't want to come and do this. I wanted to sit in bed in my pajamas and stare at all these hot young ladies whilst I talk to you. But no, <laughs> I couldn't. Get... And now I've given the game away anyway, and the police have the police have stopped me. Oh, you would say you've had to move them into like the garage then. <laughs> I, I had to let them all go free. And now my phone's just constant like voice notes of girls crying saying they want to be spanked, but I can't. I'm... Do you know what I mean? I can't be seen with him. It's just... <laughs> it's upsetting. But, it gave... But Thursday and Friday, because I had no one to wand or spank or, you know, use the fist on, it gave me time to think and reflect on what I've been doing and... Uh, How you've been living your life? Yeah. Have feminist, you found Jesus? No, I haven't found Jesus, but I found Feminist Reggie. He's oh, back. no, because Feminist Reggie is a dick. Which is funny, you know, it's ironic <laughs> that he should be so phallic given what he preaches about. I'm not going, I'm not preaching this week. <laughs> no? I've decided to tell a very fascinating story about a woman from history, a great woman from history. This sounds like preaching to me. It's not preaching, it's okay. a fascinating story. Well, you start and I'll, I'll tell you if you start preaching. It's a fascinating narrative. Oh, for fuck's sake. I think it's fascinating anyway. The listeners are going to be asleep in about 10 minutes. Uh, guys, I'll be back in 10 minutes. I'm going to go downstairs and get a sandwich. <laughs> I'll just talk to myself. <laughs> I'll just edit this bit out, guys. Don't worry if it's boring. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about Margaret Beaufort. Do you know who she is? No. She's a great woman from history. <laughs> Why did I not fill this with boobs? Yeah, if, if, if this works, we're going to come back to great woman from history going forward. <clears throat> <laughs> I need to get on the right side of this. You do realise this is supposed to be an entertaining and humorous podcast. Well, I'll I'll do the entertaining bit. You make the jokes. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Come on, virtue signal. I mean, uh, elucidators. Every time I, I try to be nice, you're like, no, you're virtue signaling. It can't be real. <laughs> it's totally... It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Margaret Beaufort. Right, yeah. In January 1457, because, you know, we're current... Sorry, what? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, January. January, yeah. Mm. In January 1457, a 13-year-old widow gave birth to a young son. That son was the future king of England, 
Henry Tudor. The 13-year-old girl was Margaret Beaufort. Dun, dun, dun! Even by medieval standards, she was incredibly young to be both pregnant and a widow. I mean, yeah, that's 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 young, even by Harlow standards. Yeah, I know, right? Jesus. <laughs> Her husband was a low-level nobleman named Edward Edmund Tudor, who died of the plague three months before that fateful night. In the medieval world, power and control belong solely to men. Which, you know, it's not good, is it? I, I don't know, Mr. Cage <laughs> McGee. You tell me. <laughs> is it? Is it not good? Hmm? Cagey McCaging whores? <laughs> By the way, guys, he said he wouldn't refer to them women as those things. Not me. <laughs> I, can, I can continue to be as misogynistic as ever. I have no court order. Feminist <laughs> Reggie's <laughs> lost already. <laughs> He's gone, guys. I broke him. <clears throat> Following the death and subsequent birth, Margaret's only lifeline is her brother. Sorry, is her brother-in-law, Jasper Tudor. Whilst Jasper's power was limited, he and his now deceased brother are both half brothers of the king, King Henry the Sixth. Unfortunately, they share the same mother and not the same father, so their claim to the throne is weaker. But as long as Henry the Sixth remains on the throne and continues to look on them admiringly, they will be safe. My God, I must have been so tired when I, when I wrote this last <laughs> night. Because instead of writing throne T-H-R-O-N-E, I've written it T-H-R-O-W-N. <laughs> Twice! <laughs> I can see you basically, you're doing a live translation of your notes as you're reading them. I'm reading it just like, oh my God, record a spelling mistakes. How tired was I? I did one bit of work in a week and it was just knackered. Just exhausted you. Um... <clears throat> The problem is, though, that Henry VI is terrible, the weakest king England has ever had, and he is under attack. Margaret knows that the only way to ensure her safety and that of her newborn son is to get remarried, but under medieval law, if she wants to get married, she'll have to give up her firstborn son to his closest male relative. I mean, I don't know why, <laughs> but it just seems like a really fucked up law, right? Oh, yeah. It was all, it was all to protect, like... Power Lineage. so that she yeah. couldn't remarry and have her son take the throne or something like that. It was it was all power struggles. Yeah, well, watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> but she was smart and pragmatic. She knows young Henry will be safe if she leaves him with Jasper. So two months after the birth, she leaves Jasper's Pembroke Castle home and sets out to find her husband. Like literally five months after her other husband died, she's like, right, need new, right, need new dick. I mean, people say women are callous, but I, I, I disagree. I, I don't see it myself. No, me neither. <laughs> In January 1458, after the minimum obligatory period of mourning, which is a year, <laughs> Margaret marries Henry Stafford. She is a young... Stafford. Stafford. <laughs> what? Stafford. Stafford, okay. Not Spafford. <laughs> I'm sure he did spaff all over a few times, but oh. that's not his name. Um, she is a young teenager. He is in his 30s. She's gonna leave that. A few seconds <laughs> to let that land. There's a little glint in Reggie's eye there, guys. <laughs> I can, oh, I'm in my late thirties. Goals. Get, I can get someone in their late teenagers. <laughs> Hashtag uh, relationship goals. Yeah. This, as weird as it sounds, is a good match for Margaret. Her husband is from a high-level noble family, but he is the second son, so he is cash poor. Margaret, however, is the sole heir to the Beaufort fortune, but as a woman, she has no power. Together, they can be a force to, to reckon with. 
This isn't just a business decision, though. The two share a real affection for each other. And he has a massive cock. <laughs> cock like a baby's arm holding an apple. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, speculating. speculating here, guys. Anyone knows what Mr. Spa- uh, Stafford's penis <laughs> was actually like? Spafford's are called Spafford. Spafford, it's just such a better name. Three years later, though, in 1461, things go horribly wrong. <laughs> they found out his real name was Spafford. <laughs> and he was disavowed. <laughs> he was excommunicated from the church for having a smutty surname. She was blinded by too many facials. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Edward, Edward IV, aided by the kingmaker, Richard Neville, the Earl of Warwick, rebel and ultimately defeat Henry VI in a bloody battle and take the throne. Margaret's family and her husband, Henry Stafford, fought on the losing side, and he was lucky to escape with his life. Pembroke Castle, where Jasper is living with, with young Henry, gets taken by Edward's men, but Jasper escapes leaving Henry behind. Mm-hmm. Which, like, you know, you've left your firstborn son with someone, like, protect him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, mate, I'm just... I'm out. <laughs> They're coming for us. <laughs> Fuck him, he'll slow me down. <laughs> Little brat. Yeah. Henry Tudor, as a noble child, is raised safely by one of the king's men. But the king strips him of all his lands, which takes away any power or significance he could grow to have. Margaret now has a new mission. She must get her son's land back. And to do this, she will have to ingratiate herself with a new king, Edward IV. Margaret's husband pledges an, pledges allegiance to the new king and they both receive a pardon. Five years later, after a lot of sucking up <laughs> and possibly some sucking, she manages to get the king to give them back one of their estates, Woking Palace. This is, a, this is good work by Margaret and shows that the king now favours her. Her and her husband invite the king to Woking Palace for a hunting trip, which, you know, I don't agree with that. But now 25, Margaret dresses in her finest and most alluring clothes to impress the king. As, you know, women often do. (laughs) Margaret, at this point, is feeling quite confident she will be able to restore her son's land and power to him. Nine months later, things again take a turn for the worse for Margaret. Edward IV falls out with his most powerful ally, the Earl of Warwick, commonly known as the Kingmaker, by secretly marrying a low-level noblewoman whilst the Kingmaker was securing a deal for him to marry a French princess. Mm. Which, you know, absolutely didn't play out in a season of Game of Thrones. The Kingmaker (laughs) turns on Edward and he is forced to flee. In 1470, the Earl of Warwick... releases Henry VI from the Tower of London where he has been imprisoned and puts him back on the throne. (laughs) With her son's uncle in power, Margaret believes she will be able to get his land back. She heads to Westminster Palace to see the new king. Having been close to Henry's enemy, Edward, this is a risky and brave move. But she brings the now 14-year-old Henry Tudor with her. The king takes to him and seemingly out of nowhere predicts that he is destined for the greatest power, the power of a king. (laughs) <laughs> six months later things change again this is up and down it's like a roller coaster it's like a roller coaster of badly written <laughs> like, literature this is real life yeah I know I'm just uh, history just commenting on the retelling <laughs> I wrote it badly but this is actual <laughs> history 
<clears throat> Margaret receives a letter from her husband. It's his hastily made will. This can only mean that he is about to go into battle and fears for his life. <clears throat> Margaret's husband pledged his allegiance to Edward IV, and now he is on a rampage to get his throne back. Henry Stafford is injured in battle, whilst Edward retakes the throne and has Henry VI murdered. Apparently, like he... Edward the Fourth. Sorry, I, I'm so confused. By the, all they all use the same fucking name names and numbers. It's, like... it's really annoying when I was writing my notes last night. But um, apparently, he was like actually quite a nice king the first time round mm. before he got deposed. <laughs> and then the second time he came in, he was just a cunt. <laughs> the first time he was like, "No, I want to be friends with everyone. You know, I'm going to be able to like unite the country and sort things out. If I'm friendly with everyone, everyone gets along. It's all good." <laughs> the second time, he was just like, "Oh." Fucking murder. <laughs> and it turns out as I go on that, that worked better for him than being friendly with people. Usually does. Um so I murder Stafford, people. Well, I mean, no, people don't murder people, it's not good. No, no. I definitely don't. Not unless they have the throne and you want it. I mean. <clears throat> um Henry Stafford is injured in battle as Edward retakes the throne. With her closest royal ally dead and Edward purging um, Henry's allies, Margaret knows her son is now in grave danger. Two of her family members get murdered by Edward. Henry Tudor is at Pembroke Castle with his uncle Jasper. Margaret sends her most loyal servant to him with a simple message. Run. They flee England and end up exiled in Brittany. It's a disastrous year for Margaret. Her husband dies and she has lost the two most important men in her life. But now... She needs to survive. She makes another pragmatic decision and finds a new husband. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> she marries Lord Thomas Stanley. Neither of them realise it, but this union is going to change history. Lord Stanley is immensely rich, but more importantly, he has power and is part of the king's inner circle. This gives Margaret a direct line to Edward IV. It's an incredible political play. For the next 11 years, England enjoys a period of unparalleled peace and prosperity. During this time, Margaret takes every available opportunity to ingratiate herself with Edward. Margaret, now 40, finally gets her son's lands back. After 20 years, she finally gets what she wants. But a deal has barely been done and Edward dies, leaving Margaret back at square one. <coughs> Three months later, Edward's younger brother, Richard, becomes king after having his brother's sons and heirs murdered. <laughs> Again, murder's, murder is not big or clever people. <laughs> but it will get you the throne, yeah. albeit for limited periods of time. Because Richard needs to get everyone on side, he builds friendships with Edward's nobles and keeps them all in the royal cult. At this point, Margaret knows she cannot trust Richard. Sorry, Richard III. And she only really has two choices. She can flee to Brittany to be with her son, or she can fade away and keep her head down and never see her son again. Margaret, however, decides to create a third choice. She's going to put her son on the throne. Mum, if you're listening to this, why didn't you do this? Why didn't yeah. you go and put me on the fucking throne? I'd make an awesome king. I second that, Mum. Like, where was your ambition? <laughs> I know I wasn't the, the cleverest child, but... If you'd just shown a bit of ambition, I could have been king of England. I mean, just imagine, like, like the two of us vying for the throne of England. 
be the war of the ball bags. Just like us two undertaking political machinations to, to secure the throne from Liz and her inbred brood of child fondlers. I mean, come on, there's not really much competition, is there? The war, the war of the ball bags. <laughs> well, neither of us are exactly roses. No, I know. The war of the dandelions, more like. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there are no real alternatives. Everyone in the royal line has been murdered or their claims are way for Venn at best. Because, you know... Because, <laughs> you know, why not murder everyone? That's the way it goes in, in medieval England. Henry Tudor's claim is just as weak, though, as all of his connections come through women. Margaret has a plan, though. She reaches out to the woman who hates Richard the most, Elizabeth Woodville, Edward IV's widow and the mother of the murdered princes in the tower. Margaret reaches out to Elizabeth via her physician, as Elizabeth is currently hiding out in Westminster Abbey, claiming sanctuary from Richard III. In 1483, Margaret sends a large sum of money to Henry to fund an invasion. His first attempt goes wrong, as a storm over the Channel throws his army off course, and they end up going back to France. But Richard now knows that Margaret is his enemy. Her husband... <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> I was doing quite well and everything. <clears throat> her husband, Lord Stanley, is so powerful that Richard is reluctant to punish or kill her. He eventually places her under house arrest. Her clever marriage has saved her life. Margaret is determined that Richard has to go. After the failed rebellion, the nobles that had sided with Margaret flee to France, where Henry Tudor has formed an alternative royal court. Henry now starts to call himself king. Margaret tells him to bring his men to Wales. He lands successfully with his army. He takes a, an odd route into England to avoid Richard's men and meets his mother, who gives him even more money to fund his rebellion. In August 1485, Henry and Richard's men finally meet on the battleground in Bosworth. As the two armies size each other up, Margaret's husband, Lord Stanley's army, wait off to one side. No one knows which side they will choose to fight with. Henry's men attacked first. Uh, sorry, Henry's men attacked at first light, taking Richard's men by surprise to seize the initiative. The battle raged, and finally Richard caught sight of Henry on the battlefield, unprotected. Richard makes his move as Lord Stanley and his army watch on. As Richard gets closer and closer to Henry, Lord Stanley's men begin wading into battle. Richard is thrown from his horse in the melee and he, is faced, and he faces a quick and brutal death. Henry Tudor, 28, a minor, no, a minor noble and a total outsider in the royal line, has taken the throne of England. Margaret is finally successful. Lord Stanley places Richard's crown on Henry's head on the battlefield. Margaret not only protected her son through the War of the Roses, which was one of the bloodiest periods of English history, she founded the most famous dynasty in English history. Not bad for a 13-year-old single mum. Amazing. Big basically, up, basically now you're just mum shaming every other teenage mother in, in the UK. It's basically like, look what she did. What did you do? Put a fucking Adidas tracksuit and watched that Jeremy Kyle until it got cancelled. Hmm. Yeah. Why is your son not on the throne, eh? Hmm? How many how many important men did you marry? None? Yeah. You married fucking Jerome from the garage. And now your fucking son 
Aiden, Caden, Jaden, or Raiden is in fucking Young Offenders. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> Big up your achievements, you skank. Chilling on the land and have felt them. <laughs> Waiting at Her Majesty's pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, fucking. Um, it's probably a good time now to tell you I watched this four-part documentary series on Channel 5 about the War of the Roses. Really? <laughs> really? You don't say? I was like, that's not Wikipedia language he's using no. there. It's definitely not Lad Bible, so he's got to have watched something. <laughs> the first episode was about Ed- Edward VI and how fucking shit he was. <laughs> no, sorry, Henry VI. Oh, his fucking name. <laughs> Henry VI and how shit he was. The second episode was about Edward IV and how kind of good he was. The third one was about Richard III and how fucked up he was. And then the fourth one, it was like, in the background of all this shit that's been going on, this woman's been pulling strings, and now her son is going to end up Have you seen Richard III? The the film? No. Any of them. I've I've seen a couple of them. Watched them when we were at college. No. They're actually really good. Okay. A horse! A horse! My kingdom for a horse! I know that. I recognise that. That's what Richard said when when he was stranded on the battlefield. and Yeah. Um, did you see the extended, not the extended, it's more like a like a supplementary episode to that documentary series? No. It's Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> it's... Um... <laughs> but, I mean, come on, it was very dry and, and informational. We needed something to, to break just, up the... I just felt like after last week, we should just kind of calm it down a little bit. Last week was just... Very, very filthy. You just wanted to change it because last week you you came out of that episode not looking very good at all. <laughs> Do I ever come out of an episode looking good? Well, no, normally you push the whole smut thing on me, but last week it kind of... I took I took full reign. You, you took full reign? You took it full in the face, mate. You were like Polly number four. You got a face full. Well, I knew I kind of had this thing in the back of my head that I wanted to big up women, so <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd go after them last week and then come this week and big them up. Well, there we go, guys. Wake up! We're back to the interesting part of the podcast now. <laughs> when uh, you gonna when you gonna call someone out? Shout someone out! Not shout oh, out! Oh, I am gonna shout someone out. Yeah, big old Warren them. for buying a t-shirt, a t-shirt which of which design I didn't even know existed until I saw it on Facebook. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, just, I I I'm fairly certain. Oh, maybe I didn't tell you about it. It's the it was based off the leggings design. Yeah. yeah I did that design I for the leggings, it, yeah. and then I realised actually no, that would look good on other stuff. So I, I realised that once I saw the picture and I was just like, wow, is this unofficial merch? Is it- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are we popular enough to have knockoff merch? <laughs> Did he see some guy on the street with a bunch of t-shirts on the floor selling them for a fiver before the police turn up? <laughs> I don't know. Is it like coming out of a gig in the 90s? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, yeah. So, but no, that, that is official merch. Check out our Redbubble. <laughs> big up Warren. I'm not going to continue to give shout-outs to everybody that buys merch because hopefully at some point I'll, it'll just be like an hour of me bigging people up. Yeah. But at this point, big up... I don't know what is wrong with me today. He's so excited, Warren. This is what you've done <laughs> so to him. So much gas. <laughs> I'm either fucking <laughs> gassy or coughing. Right? I mean, to be fair, I'd prefer it was coming out of this end yeah, than the other end yeah, yeah, with, with the door closed yeah. and how, how humid already is, it already is in here. Yeah. That would be deeply, deeply unpleasant. I just, yeah, I thought after last week's episode of just pure filth, I thought I'd change it up and, you know, big up some women this week. And, big up some women this and week. And then we'll change the tone and everything again next week. Yeah, next week I'm going to be Keep giving uh, a history of the Bloody Valentine War, um, which will be far more interesting because it involves space colonies and giant robots. I was I was going to say I was going to do the uh, the true story of Valentine's Day on in February. No! Why not? 
because it'll be dull as fuck. Yeah, but everyone's going to be like, oh, it's about love and hearts and... It's not. It's, it's about some fucking... It's like, about a massacre. Yeah. So I can tell people about the massacre and really, really upset them. I'm not going to get anything for Valentine's Day. Why should other people be able to enjoy it? <laughs> you are. You're going to have a hate wank. That's what you're <laughs> getting for Valentine's Day. You're just going to sit there, fucking stupid holiday. Fap, 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 fap. I'm going to spend a full day doing hate tributes to the pictures of all the girls <laughs> that have ever turned me down. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you're going to have a sore dick. Yeah. <laughs> 872 <laughs> let's just imagine oh, you at like the local fucking public library just printing off all these pictures and the librarian are you okay do I need to do I need to call someone just be there in the library just wanking over the tray shut your mouth before I fuck it <laughs> see I told you don't don't do it at the really local one because yeah, okay. Richie's mum works there oh really okay <laughs> and if she sees that, sees that she'll just like smack yeah. you with something heavy <laughs> I don't want to upset Richie. I've got a lot of time and respect for Richie. Yeah, I don't want to upset Richie. He's my biggest fan at the moment. He's your only fan, right? No, I have several, actually. I have several recurring visitors to my streams, but Richie is the most um, vocal. Desperate. No, no. He's the most vocal in in actually engaging me. And, you know, he he knows all about that, that Twitch life. Do you want to pick up your Twitch stream? No, I mean, at the moment I'm trying to. You're posting about it twelve times a day. I am posting about so no. I only I post about it like once a day when I go live, and I've gone live a lot this week. Um, but no, at the moment I'm trying to keep the two separate because. Please give me some attention. <laughs> the Lunar Arcade is is trying to be family friendly at the moment. Um, as a as a streamer myself, I'm ambivalent about that. But yeah, I don't want I don't want people linking the two right now. <laughs> Maybe once one of them's bigger, then I can Is use it. Is it because we are still a secret to them? Uh, yes, I mean partially. Okay. They don't actually. They know I do a podcast, but I don't think any of them ever listen to it. This is this is because they're nice people. We are the dirty little secret. <laughs> we are the dirty little secret. We're nice people. In oh, we're real nice life. people. This podcast is fucking horrific. We're nice people in real life. This is. I'm sure if we were in all in the room with all your little geeky friends, <laughs> we'd all get on fine. It's just we come here and we we have to be entertained. This is this so is like our our, our sin forever. eater because we just take all the nastiness from, from the rest week. of our lives yeah. and just channel it into this little yeah. two hour slot. I feel so good when I walk out of here. So so clean and so like unburdened by oh, all my stress. We were... <laughs> <laughs> we are we are the podcasting equivalent of a douche for us. We are an enema. We are a <laughs> podcast enema. We just basically stick the mic up our ass and flush the dirt out. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, my God. Oh, no, it's too far. We are the podcast. Oh, I can't find it now. A galmatophilia, I think it's called. <laughs> Call back to last week's yeah. episode. Oh. Right. Um. I just want to put the word out. If anybody else wants to be a guest on this podcast, just hit us up. Yeah, they aren't always as smutty as last week. Oh, no. I will I will do something different for people that want to come. It won't always be quizzes, and it won't always be about trying to get the other person to... <laughs> trying to get the guest to say something that they regret. <laughs> trying to get the guest to incriminate themselves. I thought Ashley really well, though. He didn't ask for a single thing to be cut out. No, I know. He just kind of sat back and, <laughs> yeah. and let us have at it, which... Very brave of him. He did text me and say that he's a bit disappointed with the way the quiz went and he wants a rematch. <laughs> You're lying. No, no, he, he did. He said he thinks he can get an even lower score. 
This isn't golf, right? <laughs> That's not how this works. Ash is on a par nine at the moment. He has to come in under that to, <laughs> to try and be vanilla again. He's, yeah, he's ruined his vanilla appearance. Yeah, and yeah we, we know there's, there's stuff going on under the surface there. However... Vanilla, you look. You may look in real life two hours in a room with Tajik, and you're not going to be out, ruined. Going to be stained. ruined. Um, come out crusty and stained. Right, we are. We are oh, thirty-three minutes in. This is your choice of film this week. Isn't it, it? Is it my choice? Oh yeah, it's my yeah. choice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it my choice because I'm already panicking about what I'm choosing for next week. <laughs> I have no clue. Awesome. That's reassuring. Um, so make the most of this, guys, because this could next week could be something that we end up watching like literally as we're as we're making the episode. Next week we will be covering that episode of um, Britain's bloodiest history or whatever it was called about about Margaret Margaret Beaufort. So you can get the actual facts. <laughs> the next week we're going to be covering horrible histories because you know that's about our level. Yeah. The fucking Dick and Don telling us about the terrible Tudors. I'm quite getting into history these days, though. I'm, I'm you're old. Yeah, I'm finding more, more fascinating the older I get. I, I have a selection I of know. historical fact books up here, which you know I've started collecting over the last few years because we're getting old. But uh, do you remember, like, school? All I remember of my history lessons at school was I, was my teacher sitting on the edge of the desk so we could like gyrate up and down. I remember that. Yeah, uh, what was I'm not making that up. He used to Mr. Kingsmill, that. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you might want to beep his name out. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, I think he's dead. Oh, okay. Um, I think he was I've, pretty he, old when we were at school. Yeah, he was pretty old. And yeah, he just used to sit there and just, just sit like, on the edge of the desk and 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 rock, and then yeah. And you used to sit there and think that looks interesting. That why look, is he doing that? Why is he doing that? Yeah. yeah. And now I've made it into That's an OnlyFans. And I literally, <clears throat> people say to me like, "What did you study in history?" And I'm just like, "All I remember." Because I only took it for three years. <coughs> it was three years of just like Saxons. I remember World just War Two. Just doing the same thing, going over and over the same shit for like. Yeah, three I don't. Years. I don't remember the first few years. I remember the last two years because I yeah. did it at GCSE. I remember we predictably did World War Two. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, that was it. Now, else. if I went back to school, I'd love to do history for a oh, GCSE. Yeah. But back then, I was. Just, but I'd that. love to do history for GCSE, just, but but not. The subjects that they because they always teach the same yeah, fucking thing yeah. and it's the same tired bits of history that everyone gets taught and yeah. it's like there's so much more interesting stuff going on yeah like I don't know like fucking the great women of history the civil rights movement yes yeah the the, the, the I mean, even the American War of Independence is more interesting yeah. World War Two everyone knows the basics of World yeah, War Two yeah. um, but like the War of the Roses yeah um, I would have much rather have studied that the Crusades I would oh, have loved Crusades, to study yeah. the Crusades yeah. Fucking golden age of piracy, something I know loads about. <laughs> Maybe, have you ever thought about becoming like a substitute history teacher? And God. just teaching the subject you're interested in. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Okay, your teacher, Mr. Bum-Scratching Kingsmill, is uh, off sick today because he has an anal-related injury. So, uh, I'm Mr. I've come in to... I'm going to have to bleep that out, yeah, aren't you I? Are, aren't you? <laughs> I'm Mr. Reverb, so yeah. I've come in to teach you all um, about this stuff however i've looked at your uh your your curriculum and it's boring as shit so i'm gonna teach you about pirates so today we're gonna go jerusalem we're gonna go through my historical book collection and you're gonna learn things that i'm interested in today's lesson is on is vampires he's kip and kin <laughs> next week we will do the history of witchcraft and demonology the week after that we'll do the ghost hunter survival guide followed by <laughs> telling tales about dementia <laughs> That one's not mine. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going through it and I see it and I was like, I've got to include that. You can tell the books. It's like you got the, the supernatural stuff. 
and, and you've got the pirate stuff. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you've got mental health stuff. And, and if your like, teacher what? isn't back in five weeks, we're going to talk about Unseen Vogue. Because <laughs> <laughs> by that point, I'll be running out of books on yeah. that shelf. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this week, the book, oh, yeah, was, uh, the, book the, the film was my choice. Next week, next week's book club, isn't it? Well, we haven't chosen one. and I, I haven't. The book? Yeah. Yeah, we have. Have we? we had this conversation like three weeks ago. No, we didn't. Mythos. I just said I was reading it. I didn't. No, I said, are we reading it? And I checked on an episode. Is this what we're reading? Because I've been reading it and taking notes for the last, like, fucking three weeks. Oh, but I only finished it this week and I haven't made any notes. I don't want to read it again. You're such a ball bag. This is the level of professionalism I'm dealing with here, guys. I've been busy making quizzes and <laughs> getting court orders and wandering. Fine. We'll have to push it back because I'm halfway through fucking Mythos oh, now. Don't make me read it again. Well, we'll push it back and read something else, but you've got to pick something else. Something easy to read because we now don't have long to read it. Just about to start another Evan Welsh book, by the way. I will just do Mythos. I'll just go back for it. Make <laughs> right. Anyway, that's problem. For, that's a problem for another day. <sighs> I knew we hadn't. I thought we hadn't actually done organised a book club, and I was just leaving it because I was so bored with doing book club. <laughs> <laughs> well, we does. It doesn't have to be a regular thing. We can just do it as I, and when we feel like it. A, I know we started a once a month thing, but I think we should just do it as and when. Okay, forward. fine. That works for me. Yeah, I'll stop taking notes on Mythos. <laughs> no, keep doing it, and then I'll go and make some notes. And then we'll okay, cool. Because I've got several books I want to do for book club. So. Okay, well maybe we'll just do book club. Maybe our live stream could be book club, and that way we won't. That's a good idea because our book club off. episodes are actually quite sensible. Yeah, we won't get kicked off Twitch because we're talking eloquently yeah. about books. That's a good. That's probably the best idea you've had in the history of touching. No, the pride T-shirt was the best. Idea oh no, yeah, pride, the pride T-shirt was a good one. And then sex ed, and then that. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but, uh, the film, the film we covered this week was yes. my choice, um, and I chose the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, The Running Man. I've had this in the back of my head to cover <laughs> since we first started the podcast, but I've been putting it off. Yeah. Because we've already done like the Predator and we've done Terminator, and I was just trying to hang out and keep one classic Arnie film <laughs> and then you chose it and I was like I'm not going to argue with him this no. is fun I, I, I was looking at some of the, the newer the later Arnie ones because I yeah. love Arnie's comedies as well I'm a big fan of, of, of Arnie yeah. um, and I love his comedies as well um, but I've been waiting for things like Kindergarten Cop yeah. to be on be on one of the streaming services yeah. um, and I also am also saving uh, what's it called Jingle All The Way for Christmas, for Christmas yeah. because it's one of my favourite Christmas films. And because we all know I hate Christmas. And we all know that... that... I've got no choices for Christmas. <laughs> exactly. Except so Die Hard 2. It all comes That's down it. to me. Die Hard 2. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, we are covering uh, The Running Man, which is an Arnie classic. And yeah, I, I, I was struggling to write notes. Yeah. And then when I was writing my notes up this morning, I just got really excited about talking about this film because it's a really good film and I really enjoyed film. it. Um, um so you got trivia. I have trivia. Yes, it was released 13th November 1987. A budget of 27 million US dollars, which Ooh, is that's quite a lot fucking, for the 80s. Yeah, but like compared to some of the other numbers we've seen, oh, yeah. and that's fucking pocket change. Yeah, that doesn't even pay for one. Like that pays for like the star of a current film. Yeah, it's just insane. Um, the box office 38.1 million US dollars. Do you ever think Arnie kind of looks back at the 80s and thinks? 
I could have charged far more for my for my services. I mean, when he was you charging pretty top dollar at the like time. 10, 15 million dollars for a film <laughs> now. And he's probably like, oh, I took five. I took five for that. What? Or you look at some of them and they're getting 20, 20, 27 million yeah. for a film. And he's like, that was the entire budget for fucking yeah. The Running Man. I could have I could have doubled my fee. But money, yeah, the box office was different then. Yeah. Profits were smaller, thirty-eight point one million, and it was a success. Yeah, that's why it, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a fucking blow uh, runaway success. No, but it was. It was a successful film. As we said last week, they made the money back and a bit on top. So yeah, exactly. It's sensible. You know, thirty-eight point one million. I could. I could happily retire. Oh, on, on half of that. <laughs> oh, oh, one tenth of that. And yeah, yeah, a tenth of that, and I'd be a happy man. It doesn't take much, as we discussed the other week. Yeah. Um, I'm going to mispronounce this guy's name because I meant to look it up and I didn't. Arnold. <laughs> such a prick. <laughs> Directed by Paul Michael... I'm going to say Glazer because Glazer sounds stupid. Yeah, say Glazer. We'll go, go with Glazer. Who was Starsky of Starsky and Hutch fame. Really? Yes. Starsky wrote this film? Uh, well, he Based directed Based on the it. novel. Oh, he directed it. He directed it. He's the director, yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it's, oh, well, that I get. Yeah. If you've been on sets... For that long, you kind of pick up the how to go about being a director. Apparently so. Yeah, um, I've been working on this podcast for what over a year now, and I still can't figure out how to write notes. So, <laughs> we know the we writing know. part is harder than the. <laughs> you, you aren't part. telling them anything <laughs> they don't already know. Um, it's based on The Running Man by Richard Bachman, who, as everybody knows these days, was Stephen King writing non-horror novels. You say everyone, but this is news to me. Seriously? Yeah, I didn't know that. Richard Bachman is. Yeah, Stephen King. It was just a, a so pen name. So that was his name King. when he wrote sci-fi. Yeah, when he wrote Instead anything that wasn't horror. Horror. Yeah. He yeah he wrote Richard Bachman so that you know this raises a good question. I was wondering when you finally finish one of the fifteen books you're writing <laughs> yeah. and you get it published. Yeah. What name will you publish it? I don't know. I have yeah. given that quite a lot of thought because whilst it would be nice to see my government name yeah. in print, I also don't do anything under my government uh. name except like work if basically I, I mean it's never going to happen because I have no talent but if like someone had a really just bad day and <laughs> greenlit the publishing of a book of mine my putting my government name on it would be a big fuck you to everyone I went to school with everyone who ever said I would never amount to yeah. anything everyone who said I should just give up and but putting Reggie on there none of them people will probably even know about it yeah, would, would realise that was me because none of them fucking. Know. But then your government name is incredibly common. Yeah, I suppose. So you know, it, it, they probably to, they wouldn't know either. You'd have to have your face the cover on the, the cover. Book would be my face. Oh, we get a three D nose to pop out as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> pop up first book. page as, as you open it, it'll be written <laughs> by nose, my book. picture, and then my giant nose just pops out. It's just be you, written by government name. Yeah, that prick you went to school with. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he succeeded. <laughs> Oh, you don't know. Don't know. I mean, it depends how well Listen, the book getting goes. Getting published is successful. Oh, that's true. Book. That is a good point. Yeah, I've, uh, been, I've been one person on this earth believing me enough to publish my book. Yeah, I mean, that's a success. I wouldn't hold your breath. I can't um, even get someone to believe me enough to fucking. Hey, I believed in you enough to to do a podcast with you. No, you were bored for eighteen months. You were bored. <laughs> you yeah, were. Well, what excuse do I have now? I'm for, I'm a busy man. <laughs> I have I have 
I am busier just, outside of work than I am in work. At you're the just doing this because you've got a backdoor deal with Sea of Thieves and they're paying you to talk about it and you haven't told me. And because your Twitch hasn't got enough viewers yet. Once you get enough viewers on your Twitch, this podcast will be over. This podcast is gone, mate. I'll be left talking about great women of history into the mirror. It's to for you and Poppy. Yeah. <laughs> pops, Pops, do you want to hear about Amelia Earhart? As she rolls over and farts at you. <laughs> right, anyway. Starring the film, obviously not the yeah. podcast or your book, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Maria Conchita Alonso, Yafet Koto, Richard Dawson, and Mick Fleetwood. Mick Fleetwood? That Mick Fleetwood. Yeah. Yeah, I have a note on that. Okay. <laughs> um, Stephen King is apparently not a fan of the Running Man film because Who? of how little it retains from the novel it's based on. Another factor in King's dislike of The Running Man is the casting of Schwarzenegger in the lead. Oh, okay. Because apparently he was not a fan of that casting choice. Well, I've not read the book. No. But I'm getting the impression the book is a serious look it's, at... It's far more... Uh, like government and yeah. class and all these things that kind of get like just ignored for this fun action film. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm in, I imagine that the... The protagonist is probably like an everyman. He's probably just you put in this shitty situation. Yeah. And not Rather someone than of Arnie's stature. Ripped fucking bodybuilder. Yeah. What, you know, champion of the world bodybuilder. Yeah. yeah. Um, when Arnold Schwarzenegger ran for governor, he rode around in a campaign bus and named that campaign bus The Running Man. <laughs> I love Arnie. <laughs> it's just shit like that. I mean, it's like, if, oh, man. If you ignore him fucking his mate, he is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's his that's his little skeleton in the closet as yeah. far as as far oh, as we know. Everyone's got one. Also. Everyone's everyone's got one. Or six haven't they? Pages. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, Fortunately, the the police intervened before they became skeletons in in your cages slash big closet. I was I was really looking forward to that necrophilia moment. Oh, for fuck's sake! Um, many people who worked with Richard Dawson, who obviously played yeah. um, Killian. Killian, Damon Killian, in this film. Um, on the game show Family Feud say that in real life Dawson was more like his character in his handling of his underlings oh okay see I've got a note I'm just gonna where is it Killian kisses the woman in the crowd Mm -hmm. Richard Dawson who plays him is well known for kissing contestants while he's performing his day job as a game show host yeah Yeah. it's interesting though because uh, in real life Arnie and Richard Dawson are lifelong friends oh really yeah Oh, okay. Even though apparently he's an arsehole to his underlings. Is this why Richard Dawson is in the film? Because oh, Arnie's I don't, never been uh, his underling. He's never going to be no, an arsehole to Arnie. I don't think so. At this point, I don't think they're friends. I think it was probably here that they formed their friendship because... If anything, Richard Dawson is riding Arnie's coattails. <laughs> well, at this point, Richard Dawson, he'd been on American TVs doing Family yeah. Feud and other games, right? uh, yeah. the Dream Boat and yeah. various other... Uh, not Dreamboat, Love Boat. Yeah. Uh, he'd, he'd guest starred on various years, TV shows yeah. and shit. I mean, yeah, since like the fucking 60s. Yeah. So at this point, he was the established, he was an established name in American he was, television. Let's think of someone now. Michael Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> without the uh, without the scandal. You know, a, a TV name, a TV uh, uh, society name. I was thinking more like Chris Tarrant. It was well. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. more sense. <laughs> This Chris Tarrant, who's world famous for, who must have been a millionaire, not Michael Barrymore, who's world famous for, you know, that other having thing. a man fucked to death in his swimming pool. 
Um, <laughs> this is why you, you're on Twitch now, so you can get famous quicker. So you can be famous. I can be hate fucking someone to death in my swimming pool. <laughs> also, I should say, for legal purposes, it, that was never confirmed. That is, that is just my own opinion on what yeah. happened. And it's literally like... Two miles down the road from where we're sat right now. Yeah, I drive past his house. Yeah. It's like, um, <laughs> I just the, I was, I was, you finishing my joke up on you, and us fist bumping. No one saw it, but it reminded me <laughs> when I was listening back to last week's episode. The amount of times you said something about me, and Ash tried to stick up for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to thank him for that. I didn't realise it so much at the time. I was in the zone. But when I was listening back, I was like, oh, you really did. He really did come after Rooney to try and defend me. <laughs> until I had to stop him and go, don't worry, don't worry. This is all part of the this show. Is all, this, is all, this is all part of the show. Yeah. This is it. This is the magic of, of, of Hollywood. My God, someone's at my door and my dog is getting ballistic. At least it's not just when I turn up. No. He's, he's, he hears it. We've got one of those those ring doorbells. Yeah. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. And if he hears that on the fucking, uh, they they ran a bunch of adverts on YouTube yeah. the other fucking week, and the dog oh, was okay. just going mental all the time because it was constant. Talking of YouTube, um, somebody sent my mum some serenata flowers. Oh fuck's sake! They're the worst fucking flowers you've ever seen. Yeah, they're fucking terrible. Twice as expensive as anywhere else. Fucking awful. They arrive already half dead, yeah. and they're just rotting within days. Serenata flowers. You guys can fuck right off because you have too many fucking annoying adverts yeah. and your flowers are shit. I was like, where did, she, where did these come from? She's like, I don't know, Sarah. I was like, not Sarah. Fucking Serenata fucking flowers. So I've got to tell Rooney. He fucking hates them. Fucking hate them. You she see, buys, and now yeah, you know why. She's like, why did he buy some more flowers? I was like, Rooney buy some more flowers? I have bought, I bought Amy several bunches of flowers. Twice from Serenata Flowers. Oh. Never again. Why would you do it after the first one? Well, the time? first ones were okay. Okay. And then I was like, I needed something. And they were like, hey, flowers. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'll get Amy some flowers. They're nice. She'll like them. Um, and they arrived. And yeah, they were, they were basically the dead more, the following the day. The more we do this podcast, and the more I try to paint you as a really horrible person, the more I realise that I am, in fact, a really horrible person. Who <laughs> <laughs> bought flowers for someone once a year on their anniversary. Our, our anniversary, yeah. And never I, any other time. <laughs> I, I won some brownie points the other day. I bought. I, I was looking for something on... What was I was the brownie points mean something different in your house? <laughs> yeah, it's how many you can stick up my arse. <laughs> um, no, I, I ordered... I was looking for something for me. Uh, and I was doing a search. I was looking for something pirate-related, I think. And this thing okay. came up. And it was... It's like a... It's a it's a Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dressed as uh, Jack Sparrow. Oh, okay. And it's a pen holder. He's standing oh, right. on the crow's nest of a ship. Yeah. And the mast bit of the middle is a pen. Awesome. And it is awesome. It arrived and I was like, I don't even like Stitch, but oh, I kind of want one now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's downstairs in the front room. So everyone can see it when they come to my house. Um, where was I? Erland Van Lydus, who plays Dynamo. Okay, yeah. Was actually a classically trained Heldon Baritone opera singer. Oh, he has something. I've got a note on this guy. Yeah. Where is it? Where is it? Um, I kept waiting for Dynamo to start singing Go Compare. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's... And now I know this. Yeah. It, it fits because he's also a, a well-renowned yes, kind of Yes, he's trained, also a classically yeah. trained baritone. Um, yeah, in his introduction when he's singing 
the aria he from Marriage of Figaro. He's doing it. On, it's it's on actually real. him. Yeah. yeah, it's actually him singing live. And I was like, oh, oh awesome. that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. Um, when Killian is sending Fireball into the game, he says, there he goes, the leading rusher. Fireball was played by Jim Brown, the NFL's all-time leader in rushing yards until the mid-80s. Didn't know that. Yeah, see, that's the point of this oh, trivia. Is thank you. You're interesting fact, but NFL related. NFL fact. related facts. I knew Jim Brown. I didn't realize. I didn't put the two and two together and realize that was Jim Brown. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Um, the footage of the helicopters attacking the riot. Yeah. Is actually taken from the 1976 King Kong film. Oh, really? Yep. They just reused the footage like straight up. <laughs> I only had 27 million dollars, mind. I mean, yeah, that yeah, you've got to cut corners sometimes. Um, the big dance number at the start of the Running Man show was choreographed by Paula Abdul. Yes, I saw that in the credits. Yeah. I've and... got I've got a, a question for you based on that. If you were creating a violent gladiatorial <laughs> game show, would you have as many uh, choreographed <laughs> dance routines in it? You don't you just don't see that anymore, do you? No. It's something that, that I'm quite I'm quite glad you don't see, but you don't suddenly break down into a very, very dated yeah. dance routine. I quite the dancer I quite like watching watching the dance I, I bet you did those scantily clad no, ladies no, no, thrusting no. their crotches at you in lycra oh I was gonna I was gonna attack this more from the angle of like I'm losing my masculinity <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you want to pick my masculinity up then do I mean that. there's nothing wrong with liking a nice dance routine I quite it was quite good it was I wouldn't put them in a show in like the middle this. of an uh, yeah. yeah but I quite liked it yeah it's yeah. Uh, I suppose but it's... That, that very first one goes on for about 10 minutes yeah. So as soon as I saw that it was actually choreographed by someone famous, I was like, oh, it makes sense why it's so long. Why it's so if long. If it was just a nobody, it would probably be like 30 <laughs> seconds. It would just be something in the background yeah. that happens just to show, oh, this is the intro to the show, but no. Yeah, but they hired was, someone uh, famous to do it, so they were like, oh, we better put a good four minutes. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll actually show it. And apparently many of the dancers featured, well, I mean, the dancers in for yeah. the Running Man show um, were actually friends of hers from when she was in the Laker Girls. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know she was a Laker girl. She was indeed, oh, and she, chore- she was then a choreographer, choreographer for the Laker girls as well. Oh, okay. So she she was like the prototype pussycat doll. Basically, yeah. Oh, She's like grandmama pussycat doll. Yeah. <laughs> I say well, that. It's interesting what you yeah. little things we've done about off of today. Because they were all like just blessed dancers, weren't they? Until someone got them together in a group yeah. and, and wrote them a song and then pushed them and pushed them and a record label pushed them even further. Yeah. And they took over the world for a year, but yeah. Yeah. And then the only the only one that anyone fucking remembers is... Nicole. Nicole, yeah. what's her name? Shack singer. Um, she's Shack up with what's his name? Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton, yeah. For a, for a while, not, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore, no. But that was like, that was her... her right, my, my, my burlesque pop group yeah. are fading into obscurity. Um... <laughs> You, yeah. you're up and coming. Yeah. Boff me, <laughs> make me go from C list to B list. B list. I, I can, can charge it. more for personal appearances <laughs> until we split up, and then I can sell my story to the papers. <laughs> you won't see me on cameo yeah. yet, Nicole. Yet. Oh, on that, they've cancelled X Factor for good. Have they? Yeah. Can we high five that? We can because God, I hate that program. Me too. I'll like to go and see it live. Oh, really? My mum had to go and there was no one else to go with her because, you know, my dad's dead. <laughs> so I had to go with her and we watched uh, we watched it. We watched Ed Sheeran mine live. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. I must be in a good mood if I'm making dead dad I mean, I I d- how do you follow I'm on really from that? I'm really happy these days. I can't tell you. 
I mean, last week I made a dead sister joke. This week I'm making dead dad jokes. I'm just too happy for my own. See, guys, he's throwing that out there. Yeah, I haven't mentioned my dead dad. Dead dad? I haven't mentioned my dad dead or my dead brother. Yeah, none of them have come out. <laughs> Clearly, she's not as happy as me. You're too busy having a go at the less fortunate. <laughs> I'm too busy punching down. <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to take on every fucking childbirth we went to school with. <laughs> yeah, good point. Let's move on. Um, producer George Linda sold his company, Quadra Wheelchairs of Westlake Village in California, to help finance the running man. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. So I mean, he had his company, but what his big dream was to be was like to a be film a, producer. a Hollywood producer. And so yeah, he sold his company, ploughed the money into, and then the running man went on to become what it became. What it became, okay, and he's quadrupled. The, oh yeah, I can't imagine that. Um, yeah, I can't imagine that Quadra Wheelchairs of Westlake Village, California, um, yeah, <laughs> was exactly raking in the no, cash. He's at least quadrupled. He's 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 like, oh yeah, he's and and now he he's a Hollywood producer, so you know yeah. I would imagine he's made. I, I could have looked up and found out what other films he'd made to find out if he made a yeah. success of it or not, but I didn't care enough. It was a fairly boring point of trivia. <laughs> okay, moving on. Originally scheduled as a July nineteen eighty seven release, it was moved back four months by TriStar to avoid competition with Arnie's other summer film, Predator. Oh, these both come out in the same year. Yep, this came out in June. Why does he look younger in Predator? Because I'm watching this last night and I'm thinking that opening scene where he's in the helicopter and he's doing some of the world's worst acting. Oh, yeah. I was like, surely he's better actor than this. This must have been one of the early ones. But then I thought, no, because Rooney told me Predator was one of the really early ones. But this is also an early one. he looks younger in Predator than he does in this. It must be the the, the sheen to his skin in Predator. That foliage, you know, it must have, I don't know. I mean, I could have looked it, it up. If I looked it up, we'd have even less bullshit to talk about. We would have even less bullshit to talk about. But yeah, he does look, he does look older in this film. I think yeah. it's because in this film, he isn't out in the jungle just yeah. being all sweaty in, yeah. a, in a vest all the time. Yeah. Maybe that makes you look older. Pardon me, it makes you look older. Which reminds me, you dressed as a pirate last night. I to, did. To Twitch stream. I did. Playing Sea of Thieves. Yeah. Half expected to turn up today to see you in a yellow leotard. <laughs> no, I have a note on that. We'll get to a note on that costume in my in my linear notes. Um, prior to Paul McGee, McGee, I can't even remember my fucking notes. And this is this is digital. This isn't handwritten. Prior to Paul Michael Glazer being hired as director, Michael uh, executive producer Rob Cohen had hired four other directors in his attempts to make this movie. Okay, the first was George P. Cosmatos who had impressed Cohen with his work on Rambo First Blood Part 2, which came out in 85. However, when Cosmatus announced that he wanted to relocate the entire film to a shopping mall, Cohen let him go, feeling that Cosmatus was taking the script in an unacceptable direction. Cohen next offered the project to German director Karl Schenkel, having been impressed with Abwaltz in 1984. No fucking idea either, I was hoping you would have. But Schenkel turned him down as he didn't feel comfortable taking on such a large project. Next, Cohen hired Ferdinand Fairfax, based upon his work on Savage Islands oh, back in 83. That's a pretty good name, though, isn't it? it Ferdinand is, yeah. Fairfax. Ferdinand Fairfax, the double F. You've got alliteration. It just sounds cool. The F man. Yeah. Um, like Cosmatos, however, Fairfax began to take the screenplay in a direction which Cohen disliked. So once again, he let him go. Cohen then turned to Andrew Davis, having enjoyed Davis's movie Code of Silence from 1985. Davis actually got the project off the ground and into production, 
but only eight days into the shoot, he was already eight million over budget and four days behind schedule. As such, Cohen let Davis go and ultimately hired Glazer, whom he had worked with on the first season of Miami Vice in 1984. Ah, ah so not only was he Starsky, he then started directing another TV cop show. Yep. And then he went on to... Oh. I have a note off the back of that one. It's, it's almost criminal that, I, that I did, I've never like recognised his name before he no. up today. Yeah. Um, Schwarzenegger thought that putting uh, Glazer into direct was a terrible choice with because glazer came from a tv background and had no film experience as a director at all he thought glazer shot this film like a tv show losing all of the script's deeper themes schwarzenegger suspected that because glazer was a last minute replacement he didn't have time to research this future he was depicting unlike james cameron had with the with the terminator yeah um also in television they hire you and the very next week you shoot So he didn't place all of the blame at Glazer's feet. He just thought it was a bad choice. Yeah. Which is fair enough. It is It is evident that they do uh, glaze over the darker themes. Yes. That this film could explore a lot more than they do. C- cinematically, it, it looks like a long, just a long TV show. Yeah. It's like a series spliced together into, into yeah. film length. That, kind, that does come across. But... I think that's part of the film's charm. I do because so it, it is simple. Yeah, it makes it a standout. You know, after you watch things like Predator and yeah. Terminator, and then you watch this, and yeah, visually it is very different to the others. I think this film is is just a different tone in the Arnie kind mm. of canon, which just goes to show, like if they'd got I don't know James Cameron or someone else, and this had been another cinematic, it would have been a much version. darker sort of. Would people have liked it so much, or was it that change in tone and that people going, "Oh, this is yeah, yeah, this is Arnie, but it's a bit it's, more refreshing." Yeah, it's it's something that Arnie would come back to later on in his career. This yeah. was a this was kind of him doing the the satire, yeah, um, which he does. Uh, I mean, the most the most obvious example I can think of is Last Action Hero, yeah, where that film is obviously very self aware and pokes fun at the the tropes and established yeah. themes for action films. And this starts doing that yeah. way earlier, right at the start of the golden age of, of action movies. Yeah. Here it is, poking fun at a genre that was still still in its still infancy growing, almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, during the filming of Predator, John McTiernan intentionally kept Jesse Ventura out of any close-up shots with Schwarzenegger because of Ventura's immense size, uh, which is six foot five inches Ooh. and almost 300 pounds at that time. Oh, okay. Um, the director didn't want Arnie looking small in comparison, which is evident during their fight scene in this film yeah. when Ventura basically dwarfs Arnie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, damn, I knew he was big, but that insanely big. Like, <laughs> the, the two of them were just like, we're off in the jungle making a film, now we're going to go somewhere else, make another film together. <laughs> and this film, we didn't have to give any, any warnings at the beginning about no. outdated jokes no. or references, no. which, again... Props to this film. Because it's historical, right? It happens in 27 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I have a note on that as well. Um, the film is actually something of a Predator reunion. Okay. Arnie, Jesse Ventura, yeah. and Sven Ole Thorsen, yeah. who plays an uncredited Russian officer, were all in the original Predator. And Maria Conchita Alonso, I love saying her name, um, appeared in Predator 2. Ah. She played the female role in Predator 2. Oh, so, so she had a good few years in the 80s as well. Oh, yeah. She popped up in loads of films. When you needed someone vaguely exotic yeah. in the 80s, it, it was, was basically her. her that you went to. 
I was watching this film and by the end I was just like, hmm, how many people in Hollywood were like, right, all we need is Arnie, an exotic looking woman, <laughs> and to put them both in a situation where they're fighting for their lives. Yep. Right. Pitch me. Uh, <laughs> future. Mind wiped. Okay, we'll call that one Total Recall. <laughs> future. Game show. Right, we'll call that one Running Man. <laughs> Go. It, it, it. Future. Alien hunting. Yeah. Right. Predator. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> it does kind of feel like the same premise, just with different backdrops. Yep. Uh, they, they, they found the formula and, that worked and they just cookie-cutted cookie that into different things. The most astonishing thing about all that is... Each and every version is thoroughly watchable. It just, even now, you know, yeah. like, what, we're talking, talking 40, 30, oh, yeah, 40 yeah. years later in some cases, so, they are still eminently enjoyable to sit yeah, down and watch. Absolutely. As long as you take off your twenty twenty glasses. Yeah. It's almost like Judd Apatow and, and uh, Seth Rogen, right? <laughs> almost. Yeah. Almost. Um, it is hinted in the film that Mick Fleetwood plays himself in this movie. Okay. In the film, the Resistance leader's name is Mick, yeah. and he is British. And when Mick meets Richards for the first time to remove his explosive collar, he says to him, you're one of the cops who locked up all my friends and burned my songs. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't make any efforts to distinguish no. himself from Mick Fleetwood no. being Mick Fleetwood. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I could do something different, but nah. <laughs> Why not? I'm just me. Depths. It's got layers. Yeah. Um, this film predicts digital face replacement um, in the scene of Arnie's cage yeah. uh, cage fight. Uh, the first face replacement in film actually occurred in Jurassic Park in 1993. Oh. When a teenage girl escapes from the dinosaur... I don't know why they wrote it like this. Yeah. When a teen girl escapes from a dinosaur through the roof, the body double's face was replaced with the teen girl's face and the scene lasts for approximately three seconds. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, basically where she escapes through the roof of the car... Um, they used a stunt double for that bit rather than... It's mad, right? In the 80s, it was like, the future, 2017. We're going to be able to spend a lot of money on a piece of software that's going to put one face on another. And now you're sitting here and you're and looking at... It's like, at, what, eight years later or you're something? Looking at, you're looking at, like, the internet where people are doing deep faking all over the place. <laughs> they, like, they can, they can recreate your voice. They can recreate your appearance. They can just recreate the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um... The Running Man game show seen in the film was based on an early 1980s Japanese game show called Trans-American Ultra Quiz, in which contestants were tortured in various ways. The prize went to whichever contestant could stand the pain slash humiliation for the longest. Oh, that's such a good name. And it's still a formula that yeah. Japan is using for game oh, shows yeah. these days. Because you see the clips come up on fucking Takeshi's reaction Castle. videos. Yeah. and I mean, Takeshi's Castle is, a, is yeah. a prime example, but there's some of them where they just like... There's a clip that's been doing the rounds for a while now where it's it's two attractive Japanese ladies with a clear perspex tube between their mouth with a live cockroach in the middle and they basically have to blow it into the mouth of the other one. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm not sure if this is a game show or footage from Reggie's bedroom. <laughs> and people who said my game show last week was weird. I mean, come on. Next time you're going to have me and Ash yeah. blowing a cockroach into one another's mouths. What was it called? Trans-American? No, trans... Uh, trans-American Ultra Quiz. I've got... Oh, that's the best Japanese name game, Japanese names for things I got are a, just incredible. I've got to come up with something for this podcast called <laughs> Trans-British 
was it trans american ultra quiz trans british ultra quiz <laughs> for an intro one day because that is just brilliant that'll be one of our that'll be one of our live stream episodes yeah. where we just get a bunch of our friends together and talk to them <laughs> it's just you and me with a tube and a cockroach <laughs> <laughs> who can blow hard or reggie or rooney uh i mean i think we all know who's gonna win here <laughs> yeah i don't stand a chance um <laughs> alternative casting <laughs> choices <laughs> fuck's sake um Christopher Reeve. <coughs> Christopher Reeve, what as... Just, just bringing it down for a moment there. Yeah, Christopher but... Reeve was once attached to play Ben Richards. Okay. In a 2015 interview about the film, Paul Glazer uh, says that he was originally approached to direct the film, but declined because he felt the pre-production period was insufficient. Okay. So So instead he come in eight days into production when it was already eight million. No, no, that was Christopher Reeve. Oh, was Christopher approached, Reeve. Oh, turned it down. okay. Because he so didn't he feel there's enough time, time to like to know, develop his character, take off his Superman suit or something. I don't this know. This two-dimensional character. <laughs> yeah, Dolph Lundgren expressed interest in being in the film. I bet he did, yeah. Because you know, at that point in time, he was trying to establish himself as yeah. as an Arnie type, um, and the production team also considered Patrick Swayze for a role. I mean. At the time, I've seen Roadhouse. Yeah, he, he could. could he could have done it. Easily. It would have been a very yeah. different film, but yeah, he could have. He could hold his own. And he's. He would. Do you know what? I think he would have done a good Mick. He could have been like the, but just a more kind of hands-on kind of leader yeah. of the resistance. I think he would have done well as um, Ben Richards. Yeah, it would have been because he's he's more an everyman. I mean, he's very yeah. good looking, and he was quite ripped. Quite, well, he wasn't ripped. He was cut at the time, yeah. um, but he wasn't as swole as fucking no. Arnie. So yeah, he would have been a, a far more everyman uh, sort of character. Slightly better acting chops as well. Yeah, Don Johnson was in talks to star as Ben Richards, but passed on the project to remain with Miami Vice. Oh, I don't really know who he is. He was in. Miami Vice. <laughs> if you're a Miami Vice yeah. fan, or you know you're Miami Vice, I think he was the, the white lead oh, in Miami okay. Vice. Um, Mick's Star Trek reference um, was yeah. actually Mick Fleetwood's idea. Oh, he, I like that. He added that in. I got that as a note. Um, as he was a huge fan of the original 1960s series. Um, and this film was actually... this. I mean, this blows my mind, putting the two so close together in the timeline. Yeah. This film was in production a year before the Next Generation television series started filming. Oh, okay. And that just blows my fucking mind yeah. because I always think of Next Gen as being a 90s series, yeah, yeah, but it yeah. wasn't. It was a mid-80s. I would have thought it was 90s. Yeah. yeah. No, it started... It, it first aired in, like, fucking 80-something, mid to late 80s. Oh, okay. um, however, two years after this film was released, Fleetwood got to achieve a lifetime ambition by having a cameo in Star Trek The Next Generation. In the season two episode, Manhunt. Oh. Yeah. And he doesn't just play Mick Fleetwood in that. I so, not. <laughs> no. He actually plays a, an alien, I think, in that character, in that film. The many faces of that Mick. Series. Mick in space. <laughs> Mick, slightly in the future. Yeah. Mick in space. Yeah. Mick in a band. Yeah. <laughs> Self-promo alert. Schwarzenegger wears a world's gym sweatshirt in the scene after he escapes from the prison. Yeah. At the time, he owned world's, world's gym. gym. Yeah. Um... The satellite uplink code is 182461B171714. 
that that's it that's the trivia oh, I've, I've, I was sitting there I was like am I going to have to kind of count figure out the, the <laughs> yeah I was like is it spinning anything yeah. nope it's just no. that was a trivia note and I was like that's a pointless bit of trivia yeah, okay. um, in February of this year Paramount Pictures announced a and I quote new film adaptation of the novel directed by Edgar Wright who will co-write the screenplay with Michael Bacall I like Edgar Wright. I got a lot of time for Edgar Wright. But do we need another do version we? of this? I mean, when when at least say, it's based on the book rather than a remake of the film. When they come out and they say this is a, we're going to reimagine the book. It's like you just don't want to use the word reboot, do you? Yeah, <laughs> reboot is a dirty word now. It was fine about two years ago. Now it's a dirty word because everyone's getting sick of it, and you don't want to use that word. So now it's going to reimagine the book. Oh, fuck off. Edgar, come on. Talking of reimaginings. Um, Do I, Series 3 is spaced. Fuck this shit off. <laughs> Talking of reimaginings, uh, I think I have uh, Richie on board to make Fuck Jig 2, the fucking, uh, an erotic reimagining of the Richie Crypt story. Okay. I did mention this. We were discussing it on Twitter the other day. I said that's what was going to happen. He liked the tweet and hasn't shot me down. And I haven't been visited by lawyers. So at the moment... Fudgig 2 is an erotic reimagining of the Richie Crypt story. I see, because after last week's episode where I suggested we did an erotic in- reimagining of Interview with a Vampire, <laughs> I turn up this week and you're wearing your Interview with a Vampire t-shirt. Oh, yeah! <laughs> which I did think was a bit of a come-on. So it, it's, it, This was the top of the clean pile yeah. of shirts today. <laughs> I'm relieved to, to know that we're going to reimagine someone's life that I know very little about. Yeah, n- so <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> So we're going to have to do some intense research. <laughs> uh, character A was born. He'd become a goth. He realised he was very, 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 very good at art. And uh, now he draws 80s artwork for people. And and fucks a lot on the side because, again, this is a pawn. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. It'll be live stream fucking. <laughs> Genius. Genius. He'll be there on his Wacom tablet. Hey, baby, <laughs> hold my stylus. It's going to be a homemade porno of Richie with you doing a voiceover. <laughs> and that sounds like the best thing ever. It's even better because then I don't have to get in it. Involved. <laughs> I do not have to put on any voices. You do. You get to play the court-appointed the court appointed theatrical agent. <laughs> That's another note gone. Yeah, I know I have a note about that. Um, body count. 12. No, 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 no. Because there's 1,500 people get massacred at the beginning, right? So no, they don't actually kill 1,500. Oh. They do mention the, the figure. 876. Not even close. Oh. <laughs> you could higher or lower from 18 before the opening credits even end. Yeah. 60 innocents during the massacre. Four stalkers and 14 generic others. So, 28, 88, about 92, something like that? Yep. Yeah. So, there we go. Quick maths. Quick maths. Better than mine. I come up four with 82. Uh, 84. 2 plus 2 um, 4. Quick maths. So, there we go. That is uh, trivia. Man's not hot. Um, cool. My very first uh, note is the credits have not aged well at all. No. But they still retain a certain lo-fi charm. They do have... It's like watching one of the educational programs yeah. from the 80s. That's that got that style of, of intro to yeah. it. And it's just kind of like, if you took the fucking the, the theme music out and put in something like the how-to fucking yeah. tune, 
this would slot right into my childhood started, as the 80s. And my face went, oh. But by the time it ended, I was like, you know what? I, you know like what? I can get behind this. This is nostalgic. This it's like the Six Million Dollar Man times. or something. Yeah. It's it's got that sort of again. The TV director yeah. starts. You know, he he puts his stamp on it right from the beginning because yeah. those credits are straight out of an eighties oh, yeah, TV show. Yeah. Um, the TriStar Pictures logo. Yeah, that was a blast from the past. Yeah. I I can't count how many fucking VHSs I used to pop in as a kid that would start with that logo. Yeah. It's mental, and they're just do you think not kids there anymore. these days? Because of streaming and gaming and all this other bullshit, do you think kids these days are ever going to have that thing of just like seeing the 21st century films logo come up and be like, oh, this reminds me of... Probably 21st, the 20th Century Fox. That's the one, yeah. Because, yeah, that's still everywhere. It's, yeah. on, it's on TV shows and everything I these suppose, days. Yeah, But um, like that original one that was on all my Star Wars videos. Oh, yeah, no. If I see that, it bring, it, give, it gives me goosebumps and brings me right back to being a kid in my bedroom. Kids these days, they'll get something, it'll be something different. Yeah, the, well, the, the fucking suppose. TikTok logo will bring yeah. back nostalgia Memories. and the, the, the YouTube fucking yeah. logo. The Netflix. Ba-boom. Yeah, that'll be it. Because... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I now you know, that comes on, and even before it does it, I'm like, "Bum!" Cody does it, so you know he's gonna remember that as he grows up. I read somewhere that the person that designed that three second audio clip got paid millions. I can imagine yeah. Netflix fucking at that point were just it's like a bespoke. They were bespoke, like fucking Scrooge McDuck yeah, bespoke sound effects for our TV show, <laughs> and it cost like honestly they went through thousands of them, and the, and this guy was just like use this one, and they went okay, his millions, his millions have that. Could you imagine three seconds of content and you'll get paid millions? And there's there, there's us. eight thousand hours of content later, and <laughs> we've made about twenty quid on t-shirts. Yeah, we haven't actually made that much. We I've dropped the uh, the our, our expense, our, our actual profit margin is tiny okay. on our merch because otherwise the price goes up through the roof. Are we okay. We don't we don't make a lot. No, I, I knew we didn't make a lot, but. I'm not going to. Oh, we might be. We might be up at about twenty quid by now. Actually, yeah. thinking about, it. we have sold a we, fair bit. We sold a few, fair yeah. few t-shirts now. Um, Mostly to ourselves, but within minutes of this film starting, yeah. we are treated to the classic Arnie Grown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets old. Do you like? Do you think it's in his contract? It's like, <laughs> I will sign this contract, but we need to add. A groan, uh, I'll be back, and at least three very, very bad one-liners. I think he's now had the uh, the, the contract, uh, the contractual clause about the groan reversed. Okay. I'll only do your film if I don't, don't have, have to groan. groan. <laughs> because, yeah, you look at most of his later films. The goggles, the do, goggles nothing. do nothing. <laughs> See you at the party, Richter. <laughs> oh, you must be very proud of yourself. Who is your daddy and what does he do? It's not a tumour. Sorry, I became an Arnie soundboard for a moment there. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Do it now before we all lose our heads. <laughs> I the, the password to the Sonic deadline yeah. is less complex than that of my fucking Twitter account. Yeah. They don't have two-factor authentication or anything. It's just literally like fucking six digits and that's it. You shut down the security for the whole oh, site. I haven't been able to get into my iCloud account in about <laughs> 10 years because I forgot the password. <laughs> and they have like, like every time I try, I have to like 
go through about 12 steps and yeah. go through 12 different fucking codes that they send me and everything. For something that kills people, it's just 936-X2. Yeah, yeah. and it's that, that's it. Yeah. And they have that whole massive keyboard that Weiss is like there. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm being knocked out. And it's like, mate, you are literally just typing the same five digits yeah. in repeat. Don't try and make out like you're some fucking swordfish-style hacker. On that, mate, he tries to escape and take the guard out, right? To help yes. them escape. And his head explodes. Then the guard gets shot like a piece of piss. Yeah. As mate is running there, why, did they why just didn't they sh- just shoot him? Rather than just yelling out, Chico! Yeah. Chico, why you don't know Chico? Chico! It's one of them things, like, every so often it'll happen and I'll be watching a film and it'll happen and I'll be like, what the fuck? How did nobody on set Nobody in the script writing process. Absolutely no producer on this film think we could just have him shoot him. Yeah, but they just wanted to have someone's head explode. Yeah, but then but then put some more thought into it. Kind of don't do something that's so transparently wrong. (laughs) But moments before they had Arnie firing an M sixteen one handed. You know. I have that. I have a note in it that says only yeah, Arnie gets to fire it one handed because he's just the like, size of him. "Oh, get yeah. it, Papa! Can I give you a lift?" <laughs> oh, can I? There are some terrible one-liners. Oh, there are some awful one-liners, and I can't tell whether they're just awful because of bad writing, or awful because the entire tone of this film is self-aware, tongue-in-cheek, poking fun at that whole genre. I'm not going to give them as much of a benefit as of a doubt benefit of the doubt as you <laughs> I think it's just bad writing okay well, I'm, I'm keeping well, my mind open I was 50-50 until you told me that Mick Fleetwood come up with a Spock part <laughs> now I think it was just bad writing no you think it was just bad, bad writing I, I was like anybody that put the Spock part in must be a half decent writer yeah because that's some good writing yes yeah. yeah but it turns out that was Mick Fleetwood that was all Mick Fleetwood <laughs> so, that was the drama from Fleetwood Mac what can you do sorry writer whose name I don't even know <laughs> Because I can't remember. I can't remember. It was back in my notes. We'd have to rewind at this point and we can't Uh, do that. So, Richards is an escaped convict whose face is on the news. (laughs) He's able to just wander into an apartment building past the guard, uncontested. Uncontested. It's the hat and the cigar that does it. It makes him look completely different. He looks like a, a, a... you know, pornographic Bob the Builder and no one wants to question him. I've seen this film so many times. Like... I've said it before about other films, but this is the Channel 5 classic. Yeah. There was a good couple of year period where I'd hang out with you in the evening. I'd go and yeah. bait them. I'd flick through my five channels on my TV to figure find something to watch. And this, inevitably, at least once a week, was on late night on Channel 5. I've seen the last hour of this film <laughs> 30 times. Yeah. But the first 20 minutes or so, it was like watching it for the first time. Yeah. Today. Yeah. It's a bit that no one really pays attention yeah. to when they're watching the film. The setup. Until it, yeah, until it everyone just waits for him to go into the game, and then everyone's like, and oh, that's the bit yeah. everyone remembers. But yeah, I just see him walking up, walking up, he's like smoking his cigar, smoking with the guard watching cigar. him, and I'm like, he's off the fucking news. He's an escape convict. <laughs> like when they get to the airport and she starts screaming his name out, everyone comes running and he gets arrested. But no one gives a fuck. Early <laughs> Uh, Aside aside here, I spent ages trying to find out who did the voice for the Sonic Deadline warning bit um, because it sounds just like Edie from the Mass Effect video games. Um, So I spent ages this morning looking up, trying to figure it out. Never found out who does the Deadline voice. It's completely uncredited. But it can't be 
the person who does the voice of Edie, because that was done by Trisha Helfer. Oh, um... Caprica 6 yeah. from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. I had no idea, but now that it's been pointed out to me, I'm like, how the hell did I yeah. not know that? That's It's so obvious. But yeah, it, that blew my mind this morning. That reminds me, actually. I, I know you hate podcasts. <laughs> I do, she's yes. She's done a podcast. Has she? Where they sit down and they go through every single episode of Battlestar Galactica. I might have to listen yeah, to that. You might. I thought, yeah. I really want to rewatch about Star Wars. I should have brought back Spotlight on podcasts, and then I should have done that one. You should have. Yeah. Instead, yeah. I was doing Great Women of History. You know what you should do? You should do a podcast about podcasts. <laughs> podcast. I got a podcast about Star Wars. We got another podcast we're working on. I just do a podcast, a podcast about, podcasts. about podcasts. It's okay. meta. Yeah. The, the internet loves meta stuff. I, to be fair, I know we're joking, right? <laughs> but I could do a podcast review podcast. You could do a podcast review podcast. Yeah. And then I could do a podcast review podcast about podcast reviews and just point out all the shit you do wrong and that I would do better in your podcast because that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when voice activated lights seem futuristic? Yeah. 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 Now I just get annoyed with mine when someone says computer and yeah. it comes on and wants me to want, it's like, sorry, I don't know that. It's like, no, because no one's fucking talking to you, Alexa. When, um, when she walks in, she's like, lights coffee and it starts making i was just like the lights bit oh, fuck no, I Everyone care less that, about yeah. that. but if i could if, if if i could voice activate the coffee i wouldn't have to get up to go and make i i could just if you got if you oh. there are internet of things connected coffee machines yeah I know. so you can and you can link them to your your google home your alexa your fucking whatever you should, you should get one i live basically a cave-like existence yeah i, know. I live like i know in <laughs> <laughs> only when I die hopefully no one's going to throw me off the side of a ship well um, the butcher of Bakersfield is a shibari connoisseur like t- yeah no I, I was like do I mention something about that about Reggie and his girls in cages alright in all honesty when it, I completely forgot about it and when they cut to her tied off I got slightly turned off <laughs> to be fair she's a very attractive yeah. woman yeah and I mean, you get that gratuitous negligee workout scene, oh, yeah. which is purely to titillate. Yeah. And that's that's the only reason Channel 5 well, had this is, film. Yeah, it's, it's got violence and it's got a hot lady in, yeah. in underwear. This is an 80s action film. You need to titillate and excite yeah. through violence and sex. Yeah. <laughs> or implied sexuality, because there's no actual sex yeah. in this film. Um, I'm going to throw up all over you. Go ahead. It won't show on, on this shirt. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love. I've got some shirts like that. Um, but Captain Workouts, uh, Captain Workout, Captain Freedom's workout. Oh, yeah, it's, Captain. It's just basically him flexing in some, some dance. Yeah. Are you ready for pain? Are you ready for suffering? Do you know who it reminded me of? <laughs> you talking to Polly number three? Because <laughs> I'm not as good looking as him. No, that's true. Mr. Motivator. Yeah, he is just like just, a, a, a toxic masculinity version yeah. of Mr. Motivator. I see it, and I was like, "Wow, this is like breakfast TV in the nineties." They cut to somebody doing a doing a ten minute workout, yeah, so the people watching could do it and think that they're doing enough to be healthy. <laughs> Mr. Motivator put on his lycra yeah. and actually did the workouts yeah. and a bum bag and, and a hat. No, he just stands there, just going. He's just going to intimidate you into doing it. If you if you don't do the workout, he may turn up at your house and kick your head Punch you yeah. in the spleen or something. In 2017, you don't get a court-appointed lawyer. You get a court-appointed theatrical <laughs> agent. <laughs> yeah, a court-appointed theatrical agent. Can we get one of those? 
I've, we, we need an agent. I think. We, we I feel do need we're an agent. Get in the next level, I'm going to get game shows on TV. You're <laughs> going to be able to start your own video game TV show. <laughs> All these things that we could do because, you know, we've been doing podcasting for so long. We need an agent. What we need to do is we need to make friends with, like, the Sidemen or the E-Boys. I, I can't or be making just like KSI because you like all that E boys. You like all the hippity hoppity oh, music. Yeah. I can, I can, I can level. You can start with wearing them. a bandana and hang out. You can talk about bandanas, bandanas and rap music and and you wear flat, uh, flat, not flat caps, are they? The the um flat flat pack, uh, flat pack. <laughs> <laughs> I am not down with the kids and all their hippity hoppity clothes. I wear new era caps. He wears new era caps. You know. Yeah. He yeah. wears new era caps. You wear new era caps. You wear. He wears unnecessary neck jewelry. Yeah, you yeah. wear unnecessary neck jewelry. It's no good looking at yourself up <laughs> there. The camera's there or there. Actually, it's up there now. You're doing it all wrong. Okay. It's like me <laughs> turning around and going, a... "Yeah, hi." <laughs> this is why I need an agent. See, there's the camera. There you go. See, you've got your weird neck bling. We He's got weird neck bling. Going nowhere. We can't be stopped now because we're bad podcasters for life. You know what's what's really funny. <laughs> Um, KSI was doing a Roblox special event last okay. night yeah. and obviously Amy's yeah. a low-key fan of Roblox Cody is a fucking Obsessed. huge Roblox it's, fan it's the second most talked about subject it is the podcast. second most talked about <laughs> subject on this podcast um, and he did something yesterday it started like half yeah. half eleven last night and they both well, he, uh, I think, uh, Cody joined on the Xbox. Yeah. Amy joined on the, the 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 PC, and they both went to this special Roblox event with KSI, and they went to their after party where they hung out in a swimming pool. And Amy confessed this morning she spent a good ten minutes just chasing KSI around the after party. <laughs> this is the real reason you're up in the Twitch stream away. She was like, "Are you gonna? Family. Do you want to come?" I was like, "No, I do not." <laughs> your family were just bare ignoring you. There, oh yeah gods I mean it was great it was because it was great because I didn't get pestered for anything yeah. and they were like oh you're going to be upstairs yeah yeah oh okay well we're going to hang out with KSI anyway okay. and I'm like fuck for that oh, bad um, um, they want ratings I can get 10 points for his biceps alone that was just Richard Dawson just talking about Arnie in the yeah, 80s. That yeah. was just, you know, that wasn't part of the script. They want box office. I can get 10 million for his biceps alone. <laughs> um, I love how even the partly dystopic world, oh, hang on, I love even in the partly dystopic world, Adidas are still sponsoring TV shows by making the costumes. <laughs> they make, make their running man suits. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got to get that money somehow. <laughs> that was them like, we'll make your suits, but we're putting our logo on it. Um, People need to know we, that we're involved in this film. Product placement. Yeah. Um, gosh, 2017 looks a lot more like the 80s than I remember it. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't remember all that spandex and dystopia and yeah. uh, Running Man TV shows. It's like, oh, I haven't really got a good vision of the future. So we'll just take today and make it dark. <laughs> make it, make it, yeah, make it more <laughs> digital and yeah. darker and... Even worse. Do you remember that scene in the Terminator where, like, it was the future and it was just rubble and skulls? Yeah, well, we can't do the skulls, but everyone will just be running around on rubble. What I, what, what I love. One of the things that this film was quite prescient in, or almost prescient in, um, I was reminded of this by a, a Star Trek YouTube channel who who drew a, a similar, a very similar parallel yeah. to this. Um, but obviously in this film we see that you know you've got the high rise bits and you yeah. get various shots of 
the opposite halves, yeah. you know, you've got the, the poor people living in their shanty towns oh, yeah. who we get the impression is all segregated off from the shiny future bits. Yeah. I mean, um, that's one of the things they got right about the future. Yeah, because there was actually a, a, a plan within the Trump administration in California and somewhere else. Might be New so York. Do it, just build more walls. Basically, to take all of the poor and the homeless people and put them in, like, shelter zones, sanctuary zones, I think is what they were going to call them, to keep them off of the street, away from all the affluent no. rich people. And it was shot down quite quickly. Yeah, obviously, but they, yeah. they actually, the Trump administration actually had a plan that they put into motion to sweep them all into these sanctuary zones so that the rich people wouldn't have to see them. In the 80s, people watched these films and were like, fucking hell, that is... So over the top. It's so unrealistic. So over the top, and that is a bad, that's a bad looking future. We don't want that. Fast forward to, like, a few years ago. And if American politics had been slightly different yep. and Trump had actually had the power he thought he was going to get when yeah. he elected, could you imagine how close we would be to some of these dystopic yeah. kind of 80s futures? I mean, it, it takes us like full circle back to a conversation we had on a very early episode of the podcast okay. about do media creators have a responsibility oh, yeah. to make sure that people are aware this is not an instruction manual. Because yeah. you can imagine Trump watching something like this and going, that running man TV, yeah. oh, that's the best TV show. We need to get some of that. And just like trying to get it pushed through. Criminals, hunt them, kill them. There's this scene in Running Man where they got the big city and then they got the, the favelas, the, like, the slums, and they're completely separate. And then the rich people just get to hang out with the rich people <laughs> and the poor people just get to wall, die. Build a wall, the poor people will pay for a wall. <laughs> It's basically, it's like, it's like he watched these dystopian things, but yeah. took the wrong message from it. President Trump, are you legitimately trying to recreate The Running Man? Fake news! <laughs> no, I'm not, can't say, I can't say, they tell me I'm not allowed to say it in my big brain, but uh, uh, I'm not, not recreating it, maybe, I don't know, you do the math. <laughs> Do your own research. <laughs> um, this is another film that nods at the lies the media tell us. Oh, it doesn't nod at it. Yeah. It it prints it out in like fucking on A0 sheets of paper and wraps it, wraps it around bricks and throws it through your window. It is quite a common theme though. Oh yeah. In a lot of, a lot of like films and stuff, they'll throw in like the lies yeah. that they tell us. And yet so much, so many people in this world just go through life like, oh, I was on the news, it's got Again, people don't yeah. take the right message. They, yeah. they, they see these things and they're like, oh yeah, look, all these media companies in these films, they just lie. Why don't people see it? Anyway, I'm back over here at Infowars getting yeah. all my information and it's like, it's not even as bad as that. It's quick, the six o'clock news is on. Oh, look, all the black people were bad and all the white people were good. All the white people are good. This reinforces my worldview. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Okay, next up, to get away from the preachy... The preachy, yeah, pseudo-political My favourite part in the entire film, the thing that really stood out to me when I was a kid, the thing that I've always carried with me and taken from this film, I'll be back only in a rerun. Yeah. That is one of the best responses to that line ever. I can't tell you why. That was the thing that, even as a kid, it's stuck in my head. This is perfect. I that is a perfect didn't... moment. Of, there are some things you see, some scenes, yeah. some lines, some reactions. It will go down in this cinema history. And yeah. they, 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 they're just perfect. Yeah. And that perfectly encapsulates this film. Yeah. It's 
It is just flawless. That's why. I probably didn't even know what a rerun was when I first watched this <laughs> film. But yeah, that line just stuck out and I was just like, I like that. It's so perfect. It's probably also because um, ITV, when they got the rights for this film, that was the clip that yeah, they yeah, showed yeah. relentlessly. Yeah, you know, between every ad break yeah, would because, feature. Because it was constantly yeah, shown as This a Saturday. Yeah. And it was just like, The Running Man. Oh, we're back. Only in a rerun. And See, it's just like, thing is though we say this but my memory of this my memory of like get to the Jaffa <laughs> and all these things all these one lines out of all these Arnie films have been recreated and dropped into conversation by so many people I know yeah, over the years but you know them through other people rather than the film but the my memory then warps because in my head he's like <laughs> I'll be back and he's like only in a rerun <laughs> and then I watch it and it's he's just like I'll be back only in a rerun and it's so you just overblown it in your mind. In my head, it's like it's big, it's bigger than life. He's like, I'm only in a rerun. And then, but in the actual film, he's just like, it's very low key. Yeah, he doesn't even have the microphone. It's like only in a rerun. Like, but that and like get to the chopper and all these little things. I I've heard them so many times, and everyone's got their own weird take on it. Yeah. So when they're dropping them, and I just remember the impression. Oh yeah, because he used to do them all the time. It, it, you know, as a substitute for a personality. <laughs> He was one of those people that would, would just quote things and drop references like as well. He also used to do that. He would just drop in things like that. I, I'm not even going to bleep these people's names out because that's how little respect I have for them these days. Can't we go? just go with like, bleep them out and replace them with... Um, okay, I'll bleep names. them out. But yeah, the first one was, was just teabag. Teabag. The second uh, one can be Little Miss. Little Miss Look At Me. Yeah, it was uh, tea bags and Little Miss Look at Me. They they <laughs> she, used to do that. She's even worse than you. Yeah, and it was just, it was just basically like we want to be the centre of attention. We want to be in, involved in everyone's conversations, but we don't have the personality, charisma, or charm to do that. So we'll we'll make up for our lack of that by just quoting constant memes and TV and film references to build up the to fill in the blanks in our personalities. <laughs> to feel a little bit attacked at the moment. <laughs> no, because you just. You do it internally. We're self-referential. Yeah. Um, and we know that your your lack of personality is what we find so endearing. Oh, okay. Because every week you still, you, you come out of your shell and you come here and gosh darn it, you really try. Instead of taking popular things from the past <laughs> and then using them like the Shermanator, <laughs> I just create a whole world of absolute bullshit and then continue to reference that when no one cares. There you go. Yeah. See? You're like Amanda Palmer. You're just massively self-referential. I'm an individual. I'm an individual. I'm a unique and special snowflake. Um, just being shot into the game zone would be enough for me. See, I know some people that would really enjoy that part. Yeah. I'm just, I just look at it and I'm like, yeah, no thanks. I don't want to. I used to exactly. That's exactly <laughs> who I thought of when I saw that scene. Uh, Amber's friend at the vending machine. Seems to be getting all lubed up oh, yeah. at the thought of murder and rape. Yeah. Have you tried inviting her to our spin-off uh, Slags We Shagged podcast? <laughs> Not yet. But... It's funny because we were literally just talking about being self-referential yeah. and I have a note here that refers back to like 50 episodes ago. <laughs> I, I didn't consider that, but, but I am now. I mean, you're probably going to be like, yeah. on IMDb later looking her up. Hey, baby. Yeah. You want to talk about uh, rape and murder? If you can say Get no... Freaky. If you can say no whilst at the same time still getting wet, perfect. You and me, baby, we're going to go all the way. <laughs> um, I'm going to touch your 
I'm gonna touch your boobies. You can touch my pee pee. We're gonna have adult time. Discussing taxes and mortgages. Ugh. I think this is possibly the first time I've ever used the phrase pee pee in my entire life. <laughs> and that was just to explain that I'd never used it. You before. never used the word pee pee. Um, she had sexual relations with two, maybe three men a year. <laughs> How frigid is the dyslexic future? Oh my god, it's amazing! It's like she cheated on her exams and yeah. then had sexual relations with two, even three men a year. It's like if some girl came up to me and was like, "Look, you should know that I've had sex with two, possibly three men this year." I'd be like, "And yeah, but you know, I mean, a bit like and is all in the past." At this point We've in your life, past. At this point in your life, sloppy seconds is fucking. That's top tier for you. Fluffy Fulf. <laughs> Fluffy Fulfs is where it's at these days. Oh my god, Slimy Six. <laughs> you have to stop there because you just start repeating yourself. Um, I, I want a rocket pack. <laughs> What's his name? Fireball. Fireball. I, I want to just be able to like rocket back into places like Fireball looking super cool. Sorry, another one has just occurred to me. Viscous Venti. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing up two of your favourite things yeah. pre-used lovers and large coffees. I mean, what more could you ask for? That that's that's gonna be your memoirs. Visca Viscous Venti, the Reggie Solo story. <laughs> oh my god! There's a new hashtag for the Twitter. Do you say we don't have fun or laugh when I bring in interesting, fascinating historical stories? But we, I've done a lot of laughing. We today. do, yeah. but we have the, the laughs and the fun an hour after you stop talking. <laughs> yeah, we can laugh and be offensive and educate. It's all part of the Touchic brand. Perfect. That is the perfect segue to my next note. Okay. When Richards is brought out onto the set, there is a guy in the audience who bites his thumb at him. Yeah. Biting your thumb at someone was the oldie-worldy equivalent of giving someone the finger. Oh, really? Indicating that they were cowardly and or worthy of disgrace. Awesome. I bite my thumb at you, sir! You are a bounder and a cad! I almost turned into Skeletor for a moment there. <laughs> you boob! I will capture Etania! <laughs> have you seen it yet, the new one? I have not, no. Uh -huh. I'm waiting for get enough time so I can binge watch the whole thing, just like Bad Batch, Damn. and Falcon and Winter yeah. Soldier, and all the other and all of the other stuff that I don't well, get to do because I'm too busy playing Sea of Thieves. There's only like five episodes, and they're all like twenty something minutes long. Yeah, which is why I, I managed to binge it in an afternoon. <laughs> um, this is another film with some terror. Oh, we've done this already. Terrible one-liners. <laughs> um, if you were creating, oh god, turns out all my fucking notes we we covered. You, I can see you've only got half a page of notes yeah. left. I bought like. 24 pages on notes for today's episode and we're I'm already running yeah, out. But most of them were like, and then in 1461, Edward, Edward the, the 27th um, died and his wife done some stuff and I like strong ladies, mummy. Um, and then there was a, a crown and they had a war or something, but aren't women great? Notice me, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> It's not bullying if he's your friend, guys. It's okay. It's okay. He's not bullying if he's laughing along. Uh, <laughs> he's crying inside. Okay, here's, here's a question for you. Go on then. Where do you think 
she hid the raw footage of the massacre. In her vagina. <laughs> because, I mean, let's face it, we saw what happened to Richards when he was being prepped yeah. for the show. They've stripped him and they, you know, he wears a fucking medical gown and then a, like, well, a onesie. They abduct her when she's halfway through stealing it. Yeah. So they know she's there. They know she's got her hand in the cookie jar. You know, They know she's got it. But the writer needed to get to that point in the film where they showed the truth yeah. to people. And so it, I actually think, thought it was genius. Yeah. I bet the writer, maybe some other writers, all sat around in the room for about three hours. <laughs> like, right, we need... Where can she hide it? Oh, we can't say that in this film. We can't say that. That's just disgusting. That'll put people off. <laughs> and then one genius was like, maybe she just says this one line, leaves it cryptic, <laughs> and then people can just She just, just hints at it. Yeah, people yeah. can just project. That way, we don't have to say, we don't have to come up with something clever. It's, and they've still got the footage when they need it's it. It's got to be her vagina, because if you look at the size of that yeah. disc... She couldn't have had it in her mouth because it would have been very obvious. Yeah. Wouldn't go in her ear. She couldn't have tucked it into her hair. Unless she's got a fucking prolapse. I was I was thinking more like, you know, how people uh, smuggle drugs up their ass. Yeah, but it's too big. That wouldn't yeah. fit up her arsehole. It's the wrong shape as well. <laughs> well, I'll take that from somebody who knows all about. Trust me, that wouldn't fit up her arsehole. Um, but in her vagina, that's almost infinitely stretchy. She could have done the old bat wing. But so and do, just... do you think she had it in a baggie or something? Because it's... Surely, I'm not sure, but about the technology in this film because some of it seems quite futuristic, some of it seems quite uh, archaic, but I'm not sure I'm, where they get online. Like, I'm fairly certain that provided it was dried out before they plugged it in, it would have been okay. One of the old, um, what were they called? Not the SD card. But she spent so much in this film, like, like gushing at uh, uh, Richards. That no, she doesn't. She's angry at him for most of it, so no. she'd have been dry. From the minute she. She sees that, that that report on TV where they're like, and he shot the person, and she gets like, that didn't happen. She starts gushing. She does. For him there uh, yeah. Okay. But what was the, what was the, the 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 storage format? Not SD cards, the thicker ones. You're asking the wrong person. Yeah, I really am, aren't I? Yeah. If anyone knows, I can't remember. It's going to bug me. I remember I had an MP3 player that had it, and it looked like a Game Boy because it was a chunky oh, cartridge yeah, yeah, that went yeah, in the yeah. back. Um, You've got one of those. You could do whatever the fuck. You could run them over. You could leave them at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And provided you dried it out before you plugged it back in, it'd be fine. Okay. So I think it would have been all right because that was that was that, about that sort of tech level by the looks of it. Um, Mr. Spock, you have the com. Who's Mr. Who's Spock? Mr. Spock? It's like when I used to make Star Trek <laughs> references back when we first met. I'd make a fucking... Sharp, nerd. Don't say that in front of people. <laughs> You'll embarrass us. Yeah. Uh, do you know... Do you know who Gazza is? David Beckham? No, fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, I think all films should have sweary old ladies in. Yes. She is my, my favourite character. She's my spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> I choose Ben Richards. No, you no, can't no, do no, that. you can't do that. <laughs> I, I can choose whoever I want. And he is a, a mean, mean motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on she's just like, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> um, this is my last note. The song that plays at the end when they kiss is so, so bad. Pure, concentrated 80s power ballad. It's like... Terrible. Oh, it's like toxic to me. It's cheesier than Stilton. Um, As Killian says, you don't have to be a menace to to society to be a winner. And it's true. We just enjoy being a menace to society. And neither of us are winners. Oh, speak for yourself, loser. 
Loser. Come on, you spent your Friday night dressed as a pirate playing a video, yeah. video game and letting people watching you. People watched me. I got to sit up until 3am playing video games. I was drinking energy drinks and fruit cocktails and I got dressed as a pirate. And you felt the need to post it on Facebook to let the world know. Yeah, that was one of the best nights of my life. Hashtag winning. Hey, I enjoyed my Friday night a lot more than you enjoyed yours. Yeah. And I know this because you were moaning about yours earlier. <laughs> I went on social media to tell everyone about mine. <laughs> I avoided telling everyone I spent two hours researching a great woman of history. I need to fall asleep while, I've, while I watched a film. that Molly masturbated over that. that great woman of history. I don't know. I haven't had an orgasm in days. I did not need to know that. Fuck's sake. I had one yesterday, but that's not the point. I didn't. People don't that. need to know that. See, exactly. You're lucky I didn't say, I had one this morning. Looks like you got some editing to do this week. Nope. <laughs> Sound bites. Um, those Lycra jumpsuits. Yes. Not a costume I will ever be doing. Really? Unless. Oh, if I knew there was a. I get as ripped as Arnie. Because oh, if I okay. look like that, that's how I'd walk around all day everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to Tesco. Why are you wearing a Lycra onesie? Because all of this. If I looked as good as Arnie, I would just go everywhere in a mankini. Yeah. That yeah. That that thing he wears, far too much. I don't know, during the winter. Gets a bit okay. cold. Don't want your nips freezing off. Get a frostbite on your nethers. Listen, if I go out of the house dressed in a mankini, looking like that, there'll be so many how should I put this? Lovely young ladies willing to keep me warm. I won't have to worry about the cold. You should be walking around and it'll just be like the tinkling sound of yeah. wet vaginas. Although, Amy wouldn't be one of them because she doesn't like men that look like that, apparently. Of course, she, she's engaged to you. I mean, she is, yeah, I mean, that, that's case in point. <laughs> she's engaged to... She likes, she likes tall, pale men with long hair. And it makes me uncomfortable when she's like, she'll start watching something. She's like, yeah, yeah, I really like this guy's videos. And I'm like, of course you fucking do. Look at the state of him. He looks like a miserable vampire. You're not allowed to watch his videos anymore. God There's only it. one miserable vampire. There's only one miserable vampire you're allowed to. Yeah. And he's the father of your child. Bitch. Exactly. Oh, sorry. I need to apologise for using the word bitch. Um, well, yeah, because she's downstairs and she'll come and kick your ass. Um, however, however, I, I was like, these costumes are ridiculous. Yeah. And then Amber appears on screen wearing one, and you're, and like, you're like, now I get it. it makes sense, <laughs> especially where there's that scene where her and Weiss. Yeah. Run off to the uplink, and it's just a gratuitous 30 second butt shot of yeah. her just running along. And you're like, Come on, guys, you're not even trying anymore. It's like, it's like they were like, Oh, we need to kind of sexualize her, but how do we do it and get away with it? We'll just sexualize Arnie, too. Just sexualize all that of them, all, although, it's even like, though two of the two of them should not be should in there, never outfits. be seen in yeah. those outfits. The other two will make up for it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I suppose we should be grateful they didn't put her in fucking stilettos or oh, something yeah. as well. Just trying to run through. Or like a fucking <laughs> crop top, like uh, like Padme in Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. oh, oh no, a giant tiger clawed me and it just just tore off yeah. the midriff and gave me a seductive scar. Because scars can be seductive, apparently. <laughs> My favourite part is when, <laughs> when she's sitting down to dinner with Anakin, <laughs> dressed like a, fucking, like a fucking dominatrix. Bondage, bondage dominatrix. It's like, no, Anakin, this is wrong. We can't do this. But look at me in yeah. leather. Mm. She's the biggest fucking cocktail oh, she's you've terrible. ever seen. It's like, I am dressed and I look hot as fuck. But no, no. But no, you no. You can't touch me. 
You can't find me attractive. You're a Jedi, Anakin. Anyway, we're not doing that. Well, that's going to be a special event. Don't Attack of the Clones. Sand. <laughs> Don't forget, I like to go to beaches. Yeah. Um. Here is Sub Zero. Now just plain Zero. There are some great one-liners in there this film. There are some good ones. There's some terrible ones. That, yeah, that is, that is not For one me, of them. this one falls like halfway. Um, Somewhere in between. We, we've just discussed the how ridiculous the costumes are. Yeah. But Dynamos is in yeah. a whole <laughs> ridiculous league of its own. It's like, I don't know whether they didn't have enough money in their budget or whether the costume people just not skilled enough to come up with a better <laughs> costume. But it's like, okay, so just wear all black and then put Christmas lights around them. Yeah, in yeah. a Perspex Legionnaire's helmet. And in in some just... ways, it's quite self-aware because when Captain Freedom, they're like, they put him in a costume. He's like, I don't need to wear this. This is bullshit. I don't need all this nonsense. It's like, yeah, no. Everyone no. else like totally embraces the character and is so happy to wear it. And he's just like, fuck this. This is old school. Yeah. Editorial. Death and honour. I don't need to dress I don't need like this. this. bullshit. Yeah. I do like uh, Dynamo's little car, though. Yeah. I'd quite like that. That would be pretty cool. It just looks like all kind of old school 80s ideas of what a future car yeah, would be. And yeah, and I quite like I like Triangular that. and That's one of the few things that I, I, I liked from the eighties was their oh, idea okay. of what motor yeah. vehicles would look like. Like the Lamborghini Countach, yeah. which is all hard planes yeah. and sharp angles. Uh yeah, I'm all about that for cars. Um Big Nerd moment here. Okay. Leon, the indecisive audience member yeah. who gets Buzzsaw and Dynamo sent into the arena. When he's part, when Killian is piling all his prizes up, one of them appears to be a Gumpler model kit. Oh, okay. I have an example over here, obviously. Yeah. Um, this is what you started doing on your Twitch before yeah, you switched. Yeah, that's the other to thing. I'm going to be doing that again, but oh, okay. uh, I was looking for a more See, suitable I'm, kit. I'm a very yeah, supportive well, friend. Paying attention. Yeah. He's got the kit. This is a bad example because it doesn't actually have the pictures, but most of them have a picture of the kit in little white squares yeah. of the model assembled and being posed. And yeah, one I'm, of the the, the prizes he's got and I was like wait a minute I actually paused it and I was like that's some kind of Gundam model kit I couldn't identify what one it was because I couldn't see the writing I didn't but... notice that I just noticed the uh, the classic thing from my childhood which is the running man home game edition home game edition everything yeah. <laughs> had a home game edition yeah. when I was a kid I forgot to bring this up at the time and it's probably really fucking old news because the, <laughs> the, the Olympics is over now but when it was on I was watching the heptathlon yeah no, triathlon, sorry. The triathlon. And um, during the bike ridey part, mm. they were... They, it was such a... Like, they did, <laughs> the like, bike ridey yeah, part. It was like a 40k bike Cycling? ride. Cycling? Come on. I've just... <laughs> I've been really supportive. Bigging up your Twitch every uh-huh. five minutes and you're still attacking Come me. Come on, keep talking about the bike ridey part. So in the cycling part, where they cycle 40 kilometres, yeah. they obviously didn't have enough room in Tokyo to kind of do it safely. That makes sense, So yeah. they shut down like what looked like an industrial park to do it. And they rode past this building, and there was a fifty-foot. Oh, the Gundam! Gundam, yeah, outside. Unicorn Gundam. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I, just, I was watching. I was like, oh my god, Rooney would be creamy. BBC got called out on something about this because they, they there was a shot of the climbing, one of the climbing oh, bits okay. that they did, the climbing wally bit. Yeah, the climbing um, wally bit. And in the background, they were like, <laughs> as if climbing in the Olympics isn't enough, you've got to do it or being watched by a transformer. Yeah. And Twitter just blew up. Yeah, We're like, for fuck's sake, BBC, that's a Gundam. Yeah. And they, they, to be fair to them, they, I can't remember exactly what how they replied, but they were like, okay, we see what's happened here. Yeah. And they were like, 
It's but who would win between a Transformer and a Gundam? And again, Twitter blew up, and we're like, that's not even a question. The Gundams will annihilate the Transformers. And I was just like, oh man, Twitter, you my people. The PPC should come and be on this podcast <laughs> and find out how hard it is when you say something stupid and then realise that two seconds later, without any 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 chance to regroup, you have to try and figure your fucking way out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't know that they had a giant. Um, Unicorn Gundam. I knew they had uh, the RX-782. Yeah. That, the, the big one that they've been working on getting it to walk and stuff oh, like okay. that. Um, I knew they had that. And there's, there's loads of giant statues of, of various anime bits. But I didn't I didn't know they had a Unicorn oh, Gundam. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Even, I, even I was just like, wow. <laughs> like, I'm not into it. It's not that I'm not into it. I just don't know enough about yeah. it to have, a, have a, an opinion on it. But... My life would be infinitely better if I drove past something like that every day on the way to work. Oh, God, I yeah. would be far more inspired to live my best life <laughs> if I was driving down the road to work and I saw that instead of a sign that said, Earth is flat. Yeah. You see it, right? On the yeah, M11. I have. Yeah. <laughs> the closest thing we get to that is the fucking... Um, the Basildon Hollywood sign. Oh, yeah. Baz we Vegas. saw that... We, we went down to the beach the other day. Yeah. We drove past that and every time... <laughs> Baz Vegas. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck, man? It's like, we want to give a more positive uh, impression of our town and draw people to come visit Basildon. How do we do that? Well, we could, you know, clean up the knife crime. Get rid of some of the burned out cars on the street. No, what we need is a Hollywood-style sign next to the A127. Yeah, because that's far cheaper than investing <laughs> in youth work and helping the, the poor and making sure that we all have some kind of equality. Just exactly. a fucking Just sign. a big sign that everyone will laugh at when they go past. So, in a couple of years, when we've levelled up this podcast, like three or four levels, and we have our own space to kind of shoot and record and hold all the all the merch that we will do ourselves what giant statue are we going to build outside um i'm going with dildo i was going to say the same thing the touching dildo oh just a giant statue of amy wearing a strap on <laughs> i think we should just get a giant birdcage a gundam with a strap on i no, i was thinking right giant birdcage we get a giant cage because not only will that reference the fact that you like to keep women in cages, which is now becoming a thing. <laughs> which I desperately tried to back out of. But also, my, I noticed, yeah, no, no, that. I know exactly what that was, and <laughs> I'm not having it. I am not taking it. <laughs> I'm packing all from, like, from <laughs> um, last week's overexcitement. Um, but also, it will be a nice <coughs> reference to Birdcage Walk in down. Harlow, yeah. which used to have actual bird cages with birds in them back in the 60s. And a club called... And a, and a club obviously named yeah. after it. And Birdcage Walk is still there. Yeah. See? But harking back to our roots. Our roots of Harlow. We ain't going to forget where we come from, man. And <laughs> if any of the female listeners get a bit lippy, in the cage. In the cage. No, we're not doing that We get, we'll get some females some females on staff and then when they get there, it's like, in the cage. We'll get in touch with Spider Legs. She can organise it. <laughs> It'll be like, but I don't want to... Uh, if you don't get in the cage now, any more lip, and you won't even get a bucket. <laughs> Be no crackers for you until tomorrow, girl. Uh, <laughs> what do we do with the males on our staff when we punish them? I don't know. That's, that's, that, that's my. That's my. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Finally, you get to fuck someone. Come here, boy. I've <laughs> got a new one. <laughs> no, we'll just go full deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we'll get some speakers in. in and if any some someone fucks up, we'll just pop out. And then people will be like, shit. Oh shit! <laughs> Squirrel, piggy. Um, chainsaw to the nuts. 
Yeah. Followed by a few brief moments of soprano singing. Yeah. This is not highbrow comedy. No, not at all. <laughs> it knows what it is and it doesn't shy away this from it. This is the cinematic version of last week's touching what, episode. What happened to Buzzsaw? He had to split. <laughs> yeah, that's a terrible one. Um... But I hope you leave enough. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist, because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. <laughs> and yeah, he doesn't. No, All he doesn't. All that big talk, and basically he just puts him in and sends him into the game. Blows him up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a classic oh, what army was that line. One line. What, um, good. That was a nice shot. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Terrible. That hit the spot. Yeah, that's the one. Um, Terrible. That's a classic line, yeah. and. I didn't realise how many classic Arnie lines came from oh, this film. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. bloody loads of them. I mean, we're like two minutes in and you're already hearing the one about don't uh, do it now. Or both do it now, out. yeah. Um, that line, in fact, is so good that when Cinema Sins reviewed this film, they actually removed a sin for that line. Oh, really? Yeah. They do it every, every so often. The guy will be like, you know, I can't. This, yeah. I can't not not only can I not sin this but it's good enough I'm going to take a sin off and that line it's got sin taken off it's one of the most unrealistic fights in cinema history though because Buzzsaw <laughs> is not going to put um, the butcher of Bakersfield under enough pressure like he's there beating him until he goes oh yeah sorry now I remember who I am uh, yeah. I'm the protagonist just kills him yeah yeah <laughs> um Amber looks awfully comfortable toting an SMG, yeah. considering a few hours before she was a jingle writer for a yeah. TV network, and then suddenly she's a guerrilla fighter with a silenced fucking Uzi 9mm. You can tell it's the 80s as well, because instead of saying, oh, that's my piano, it's, that's my synthesizer that's setup. That's my synthesizer setup. I'm a, I'm a musician. <laughs> it's like, oh, really, love? Can you, like... I bet she didn't get paid millions for her jingle. Yes, no. <laughs> No, that's not. She fair, should have gone it to sent it to Netflix rather yeah. than ICS. Um, it's it's not a note or anything. It's just popped into my head. But could you live in a world where all art was outlawed, and you had to scurry away no. a little box of like tapes? No, I'm far. I, I'm far too prone to advertising what yeah. I like. Yeah, me too. As, as anyone that's been to my house is fully yeah. aware. Yeah. Squirreling it away in boxes and stuff. No, a life without art is just a life not worth living. What was that? It was a cartoon. Is it Oscar the Magic Piano or something? Or um, Oscar the Flying Piano? And that, Is this from our childhood or Cody's childhood? Uh, this was probably late childhood for us. Oh, okay. And I remember yeah, it. And it was, it was a world in which a dystopian government had, had risen to power and all, all colour and music was basically either banned or heavily regulated. Okay. And there was this magic piano that... that some group of rebels created and it could fly and it was purple and it made music and fought for the underground and it was like I was just like I'd completely forgotten about it until something reminded me the other year and I was like god damn no that that was some dark shit actually you know it was from our childhood because our childhood cartoons had storylines they had evil governments bad guys villains um, morals and ethics like the telebugs yeah which I remembered the other day I, I found the first episode on YouTube and watched it and it's like wait so these are good TV guys yeah. robots fighting against an evil TV program an evil TV channel that has an evil mega mind computer that wants to suck your brains out yeah what and they put this on TV for kids but they are like if you think about the, the 
the shows we had, like Thundercats, Turtles, Mask, um, oh, Jesus, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. All they, they're all short stories with morals, ethics, yeah. like fully realised characters. Yeah, brilliant. And then suddenly there come a point where they were like, "Fuck all that! We're just going to do Teletubbies." <laughs> I mean, to be, that's that's a bit of a false equivalency because the Teletubbies is intended for like babies. All right, but I know Ghostbusters that. was aimed at like the seven to eight range. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. What... It did feel like there was a there was a period of time when I had classic TV shows for kids that taught you morals and ethics. Yeah, and then all that just went out the window. Just went out the window in favor of just bright colors. The, the, the next big thing yeah. and the next yeah the next uh, sort of catchphrase. What toy is going to go mad this Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Says says the, the you know, says the, guy the kids that, in the generation kid, yeah. that grew up on He-Man, which was literally yeah. <laughs> an advert for the toy line. Thundercats and, and Turtles. I remember when I was a kid, like half the figures were sold out constantly. Stop and bouncing your foot, it gets picked on the microphone. Sorry, um, half the half the toys were sold out constantly. Yeah, there were some things that you really just couldn't even get your hand on, but every kid had. On wrestling, that was the other Rest- one. I never got that. Oh, I never got it. We, I had some toys because I think my dad was desperately trying to make me masculine. <laughs> but um, yeah, that well, went well, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I had some wrestling figures because I got it for about six months, and my brother was quite into it. But and then all of a sudden, I was once I found out it was fake. This is how <laughs> old I was, basically. Once I found out it was fake, I was like, no, no, I'm out. I'm out. There's no real sporting merit to this. <laughs> I'm out. I'll just go and watch real sport. So if we can swerve back on topic here for, for my, my last few notes. Um, I love that Killian's own bodyguard abandons him. Yeah. Um, and but this one line is... I need to go source some more steroids. I to, yeah, I need to go source some more steroids. <laughs> it's like... And that's... <sighs> you're one line in the film and it's like a very pivotal moment because you've just walked in. You look like you're going to save the villain. Is it really a teaching moment about how all these people are on steroids and that's how that's why everyone's so big? Is it? <laughs> well, no, it's referencing what Killian says to him. Was it? Um, oh, I when must have missed that. when Captain Freedom yeah. busts into the control room yeah. and says about it, and Killian says like, "Get him out of here." Um, and his bodyguard Sven just sort of stands there and it's like, and he goes, "What? Have all the steroids made you deaf? Get him uh, out of there!" Sorry, I must have. And then and much. and Sven just kind of is like. Yeah. Can you can you go? Yeah. And he goes, and then obviously he obviously references that oh, back I later. I'm gonna go source some steroids. I was watching it, and I was just like, "Where the?" He has the best story arc from? in this. Yeah, the best character arc in the whole film. He goes from just like the the the, the just obeying, just following orders, bodyguard of the big bad, to sort of like actually, I don't really want to fight this guy because he's got a yeah. point. And then at, right at the end, he's just like, "I could fight him, but you're the villain." Yeah. I'm off, mate. And it's like, yes, that's the sort of growth we want in our in our minion characters. Like a born again Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Goes from just following orders to realizing he's on the right. Are we the bad guys? Yeah. No, wait, we are. Fuck this! I ain't being a bad guy anymore. And just to think, he's a security guard. He probably gets paid minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. So, did Amber and Richards take over from Killian? Did the populace rise up and overthrow overthrow their corrupt fascist government? Find out. In The Running Man 2, The Runnin'ing, coming fall 1989. There is no real kind of... <laughs> no resolution. Resolution in a grand scheme. The only resolution is the TV show's taken off. Yeah, it's like, please stand air. by, and it's like, okay. Yeah. But the government is still in place. All the oppressors are still in place. People still rioting because they want to eat. Yeah. Um, 
It's like what? Okay. But it's fine. It's fine because Richard's got to kiss. They had the hot a steamy girl. snog yeah. at the end, and yeah, that the TV show got taken off air. And we got some really, really bad cheesy eighties music yeah. to make you feel good, and to completely sidetrack you. It's just from... like at the end of fucking uh, First Blood. Yeah. They wrap up a really good film with some of the worst music yeah. imaginable. And I'm sorry, 80s music fans, but 1980s power ballads yeah. are the worst music known to me. There's ma- only one good one, and that was... Um, was it, it was by Berlin, I think. How does it go? I uh, mean, I don't know. I heard it on the radio the other day, and it reminded me of being at Northwell Market when I was a kid. <laughs> and it just oh, constantly so being on the radio. Objectively, it's not good. It's, it's just... not, it's just I've got good memories of it, so it's good. Um, I miss Northwood Market. Is it I might go take my week. breath away? Oh, yeah. I just remember that from the swimming pool. From yeah. Harlow Pool, because it used to be on the, the, the album that they yeah. had on loop, and I just remember hearing that on the water. Yeah. That's why it was so famous. Yeah. yeah. But it was, I just remember for like a year, every Saturday I had to go to Northwood Market, and every fucking store was playing it. Yeah. Just like that one year we were at Reading, and every fucking store was playing The Darkness. <laughs> and everyone was claiming The Darkness were good. <clears throat> and I'd like to ask them people, where the fuck are The Darkness now? They Didn't they implode when fucking Justin Hawkins had a breakdown or something? Don't know. He tried one... to off himself because he just had a full-on breakdown. Because he realised he was just a fucking joke. Oh my god, I'm shit. Oh my god, I got famous because people were laughing at me. I got famous because the NME decided they needed a joke band. Yeah. And least... people didn't get the joke. <laughs> at least if we get famous, we know it beforehand. Oh, we know it's because, it's because we're people bad. are laughing at us. Yeah, we, we know they're not laughing yeah. with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, my last note. I've got many issues, but that will not be one of them. <laughs> this film bit like Starship Troopers yeah. in that you can watch it two ways, yeah. although it's far more of a struggle to watch it in the second way with this yeah. one than it is with Starship Troopers. You can see it as just a self-aware action flick that parodies itself in its genre yeah. while poking fun at America's TV culture in the 80s because yeah. a lot of things did that and have continued to do that since. Yeah. TV culture in America in the 80s was ripe for parody yeah. from the off. Or you can see it as a damning indictment of consumer culture, right-wing fascist governments, and the cheapening of human life to a consumable commodity. Yeah, it glosses over that. It glosses over that. It's kind of there. It's like, yeah, 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 this is all going on. But look, Lycra! (laughs) So this Edgar Wright reimagining... Do you think... You know that's going to be dark and gritty. I was going to say, do you think it's going to be like... Christopher Nolan Batman versus um I don't know, Batman <laughs> and Robin with the bat card and the bat nipples. Yeah. Do you think it's gonna it's gonna be, it's that gonna be like dark that. and gritty yeah. talking about real kind of real issues yeah. for real people. Are people are gonna go Smash and watch the it, system and expect, just feel miserable. Expecting like a ninety minute action robin. <laughs> and it's gonna be very, very Well bad. it's like they did with um Total Recall. Yeah. They took it from it was this outlandish, and again, it had those themes: the the, the you know, smash the corporation yeah. and and the, the 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 cheapening of human life, and and the corporations controlling the government, which is also the corporations, you know, yeah. and that whole thing. And they, yeah, you know, it did that, but it did it in an enjoyable, fun, fun way to yeah. watch. And then they remade it, and they took out all the fantastical elements, and just stuck with the really gritty, boring ones. With that Irish guy, who's yeah. I can't remember, who was in in Bruges. Which Colin is Farrell. A really good film. Colin Farrell. Yeah, I quite That's like it. Colin Farrell. He did this film called Phone Booth, which was really, really good. Yeah, he's just very. Oh, he was Bullseye as well in in that half decent Daredevil film <laughs> with Ben Affleck. Half 
decent. <laughs> oh, I'm a, I, I like Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith's in it, so to me, it's half it's decent. It's terrible. I, I've never, it, full disclosure, I've never seen it all the way through. Oh, well, then. I put it on and I got maybe an hour into it if you and I was like, this is awful. Turn the, it off and put Con Air, Con Air on for fuck's sake. The, oh, was it that girlfriend? I think it was, it? yeah. yeah. Um, Shows how long ago yeah, it was. The director's cut is far better than, than the film. I mean, it couldn't be worse, to be fair. I quite enjoy it, but then I like Daredevil. Daredevil was one of, one of the first comic book characters I've ever into. Love Ben Affleck. Kevin Smith's in it. Do you know what I mean? I'm predisposed to like it before. I even see a frame. I just didn't like it. But yeah, yeah he was quite good as Bullseye. There's that scene where he's he's in the bar and he flicks the finger at the bloke's throat. And... I, I liked him in, in Bruges. I haven't seen that. Have you not seen that? No. That's a, it's a comedy. It's a gangster okay. comedy. Yeah, I think I know. It's yeah. like a kind of Guy Ritchie-esque. Yeah, sort of, yeah. but it's much funnier. It's, oh, it's okay. violent, uh, but it's funny. Not, not funny violence. It's not yeah. slapstick. But yeah, that sort of thing. That's really good. It was in Phone Booth. Phone Booth was really good. It was like... Phone Booth looked too tense for me. I never bothered with I it. Quite, yeah, well, you know, that's the difference between the two of us. Yeah. You there choose was... fun films. I choose watch. films I, choose... I enjoy watching. <laughs> I choose films yeah. that might give you a tense rela- I... tension-related heart attack. <laughs> you just want it for the tense and chub on. I think, I think <laughs> that's one of your kinks, isn't it? Oh, God, it's so tense. It's so tense, I want to wank. The tension is, am I going to wank before the film finishes or not? Yeah, we know. We've been rumbled. See, see, guys, he spent over a year now trying to paint me as some kind of deviant. When in fact, in fact, it's all coming out. We know who the deviant is. Both of us. Yeah, that's going to say. <laughs> I'm just, you're just more low key about the whole oh, thing. Yeah, I'm just far more like that. I, I have no, I have no qualms coming out as a pervert. I know I'm a pervert. Like misdirection. I just can't people. I just can't stand people that don't own that shit, man. Oh, you would like you own your. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. I'm not going to throw you under the bus. So. Um, do, do you have a score for this film? Um, no, I don't, because I completely forgot about that. I'm, I'm giving it a seven. Because I think it's a good, yeah. solid film on par with Predator, which I gave a seven. Running Man. Yeah, I think it's 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 a good seven. I don't think it needs more than that, but less no. than that would be yeah. unfair to it. I can't give it more than than Predator, so therefore no. it gets a seven. That makes sense. Oh look, it's got stylus on the end. Oh, sorry, I re- I discovered that last sorry. night, and I was playing on my phone just so I could use the stylus. Um, <laughs> easily amused. Yeah, easily distracted. Easily amused. <laughs> so there we go. That was the Running Man. Yeah. Um, Find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. I'll be back. Only in the rerun.